Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello Guardians and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host Cornholio and tonight we are live for a very special episode. Tonight we have a very special Guardian on the show. He is an incredible, incredible person. He is the leader of Guardians who has been broadcasting from the tower since 2013 when Guardian Radio had its start. Since the beginning, before Destiny was even a game, Guardian Radio went on to entertain and inform Guardians about all things Destiny, including news, tips, and everything more. While Guardian Radio came to a close in 2019, their legacy will live on forever. Guardian Radio is the first and one of the longest-running podcasts in Destiny, and Dr. Mark Turcott is also the host of The Enthusiast Life, where he dives into topics in video games and entertainment. And if it wasn't for Mark and his podcast, we would not be here today podcasting. Um, so thank you so, so much for joining us today. It is such an honor to have you on the show, Mark. Uh, and we're so honored and so grateful for you and for everything that you have done in our community. Oh man, well you're welcome, dude. I appreciate you guys having me here. I mean, you're 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 building me up too much here, man. At the beginning of the show, I'm just I'm just some guy who was in his pajamas one day and started a, a podcast about a video game a year and a half before it ever came out. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I really am glad to be here, man. I, I appreciate it. I love uh, coming on and talking Destiny and um, you know reminiscing about the days, the early days of this community because that's one of the things that you know still I don't think at the time we realized how you know, early on, we, I mean, we knew how early we were, but like looking back at the history of that and, you know, over this past week, I'm sure you guys saw there's the bungee posting for like the destiny historian or whatever, you know, whatever it is, like a lore master they want. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know what? And Deej had told me this before, like guardian radio is the history of destiny almost from day one, you know, in the public spotlight. And I never really looked at it until he told me that. You guys had the lore master the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We we had the lore master chained up to this little podcast. Um, But yeah, you know, really, I mean, you can go back. Well, you can't right now, although we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, You can go listen to those episodes, you know, and and week after week, you can hear what was happening in the game before it, came, before it came out? What was happening in the game when it was out? What were the updates? What expansion? What were we hyped for? What was the current drama at that time? And uh, it's always been, you know, an interesting kind of almost time capsule. It's that. like you were the Bungie Weekly Update before that was even a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> well, true. See, that's the thing, though, man. Us Bungie OGs remember there always was a weekly update. You know, there always was that. I mean, I, it used to be called, it wasn't This Week at Bungie. 
I forget what it used to be called back. with the Halo, Bungie but, Weekly Update. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that was, you know what? I mean, that was, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And so, you know, we would just, I mean, back then yeah. you think about, we had nothing to really go on. I mean, we were going on some you random article. Theory was, crafting and, you yeah, know, we, living, we'd spend yeah. an hour and a half talking about a piece of concept art. It, it was just crazy because that's all you had to go on. But um, yeah. we, had a, we had a blast doing it, man. And I, I think it's really amazing that, Guardian Radio was the very first podcast. And like, what inspired you to want to start a podcast as the very first one to do it in Destiny? Uh, well, for me, I mean, we'd been podcasting, my buddies and I. Uh, we started in 07 with, with a show that we called The Finer Geeks. And we were just talking kind of basically what the enthusiast life is now, the show, current show that I do where it was movies and comics and video games and all that. And um, we had no the listeners. What's that? The G4 days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. If anybody knows, like, starting a podcast, one of the things is like, you're never, you don't get a lot of listeners right in the beginning and you can't let that knock you down. But at the time, it was knocking me down because I had never been podcasting. I'm like, man, we're putting out the show. I want people listening to us. So um, we had reached out to just a bunch of gaming websites because back then in like 07, 08, podcasting was still kind of new like people weren't jumping on the bandwagons i remember reaching out to like destructoid and kotaku saying hey you know i have these we're doing a video game podcast we'll be your video game podcast and of course you know it doesn't go anywhere um well we found a small little site called avault.com that was a big kind of pc gaming site in the late 90s early 2000s and they gave us a shot and luckily for us the guy who owned it um, just knew a ton of people in the industry. So we were interviewing, like before Fallout 3 came out, we had uh, Emil Pagliarulio and Pete Hines were on the show. Like, you know, Pete Hines, who everybody knows now is like the main PR guy for Bethesda. I had him on our show back in, that would have been, I guess, 08, talking about Fallout 3. And so it was like, you know, we had people before Borderlands came out. And so we were like kind of just in this mix and having so much fun. And, you know, that went on until about... I think 2013 well actually Avol we ended in 2012 2013 we moved over to game insider um which if you listen to the early episodes of guardian radio derek smith is and he still owns it it's game-insider.com it's a digital video game magazine and website and um we did a podcast with him talking video games and everything uh that show was game reverb is what we did there and um i always in the back of my mind wanted to do a game specific show and the one of the first podcasts i listened to was Podtacular which still is around today. It's a whole new kind of host and crew. Uh, uh, Dust Storm has actually been hosting it now for, God, I think even before Reach is when he picked it up. But prior to that, I had two other co-hosts. And um, I was like, man, I, w- I would love to do a show about a specific game. And being just a huge Bungie fan, huge Halo fan, um, I was like, you know what? Whatever their next project is, that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, when we kind of learned that split was coming and then you started learning, like it was going to be kind of like this MMO-ish type game where, um, you know, you're going to be able to go on quests and do all these things. And at the time, The Instance is a huge World of Warcraft podcast, was huge. And so there were these podcasts about MMOs that I was listening to. And, you know, sure enough, I think it was like a Sunday is when the kind of the big reveal was of Destiny. I remember like IGN and all these big sites kind of were flown out to Bungie Studios and I kind of had this big presentation and um, the, that after I watched that the next day, I called my buddies who we were doing Game Reverb with. And I was like, I got this crazy idea. We're going to do this show just about Destiny and um, or this game, you know, that Bungie's doing. Let's just go for it. And a week later, we launched the first episode. We had the website up. And, um, you know, because no one else was doing it right, because sure, there was news out there about it, but there was no hype about it because nobody really knew anything about it. 
Um, we were just the first ones and I was posting on, you know, the Bungie forums and it only took just a matter of days before Deej, who was, um, a new community manager for Bungie at the time, reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, this, this podcast that, you know, is pretty well produced coming off the gate. You guys seem to have a, you know, great rapport with, with each other and kind of on-air personalities. Let's hook up. So very early on, I mean, I'm talking literally days, Bungie had already reached out to us and, um, it, you know, it was just on from there. And then, you know, it took probably maybe a month or so or a couple months till the next like destiny podcast came out. Um, but then, you know, now you step back years later and once the game's been out, I mean, there's so many destiny shows now, but it's really a testament to the game and how passionate players are that play that game um, that, you know, you, you can do a podcast every week about it and, and still have so many of them and, and every, you know, I mean, you guys, you know, you started up right when guardian radio ended and look what you guys have built. You've been able to build a community, been able to build a, a great podcast following after it. I mean, it's great that you're able to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, to go back to your question, I mean, I, I get diarrhea of the mouth sometimes, guys. I can, <laughs> I can talk a lot. But um, to go back to why I started, it was literally just a crazy idea of that passion of wanting to do a game specific show and not have to worry about playing the newest, latest, best and talk about it every week. It was more like I need to focus on just one thing and that's it. And then I. Dude, I think both shows, we were doing Game Reverb and Guardian Radio for maybe three or four more weeks. And then just the success of Guardian Radio was like, why are we doing Game Reverb when Guardian Radio was just blowing up? It didn't take long. I mean, we were getting emails like crazy from people with Guardian Radio. It just took off like immediately because nobody was doing it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and y'all did it on such a such a high level. Like your podcast was so professional. And I think that's another thing that really helped catapult your success in podcasting because you weren't just doing it. You were doing it on a very high level. And yeah. you guys have great personalities and everything yeah. too. Like, you know, and it just, it, it meshed very well. Um, when did you guys, did you guys start before the E3 reveal for destiny? In oh yeah, dude. Dude, the E3 that? reveal, we were there with Game Insider because we were actually oh, nice. still doing stuff. So I was in the audience. We met, and uh, I can send you the link. There's a, it was, we were actually Deej's first on-camera interview ever. Oh, nice. It's me, me, That's Derek, so cool. and Deej. It's actually, it's, I think it's on the Enthusiast Life YouTube page, but it might be hidden right now. I'll pop it up here after we do this so people can, and I'll put a link and you guys can retweet it so people can see it. But I went, we went to the Activision booth because we had appointments. And uh, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, where's Deej? I remember asking, like, where's Deej? And uh, so he comes out, and you see us. It looks like we're in a cafeteria, but it was actually in the Activision booth. And we sit there for, like, 20 minutes talking to him just about Destiny. And that year was I actually went, which this blew my mind at the time. I was invited to the Bungie party, which the following year, there was, like, a major where, like, content creators and that were there. Dude, this was a small little bar with a handful of people there that worked with Bungie. And um, yeah, it was like, I'm sitting there, you know, eating, talking to DH, talking to Craig. I mean, you guys know Craig, Craig Hargrove, who was oh, our rock yep. side, you know, the rock guy in our, on the show in those early days. Um, and we're just sitting there eating and just in walks Marty O'Donnell. And I'm just like, Oh, nice. And of course nobody cares. Cause they're all just, you know, employees of Bungie at that time. Cause this was before Marty had, you know, been released. He was an employee still with Bungie at the time. And it just like blew my mind. I'm like, Oh my God. And you know, I had like chicken wing sauce on my hands. I'm like, I can't go over to him and like shake Marty O'Donnell's hand with like chicken wing sauce on my hands. But that was, that was pretty surreal, man. It was like, wow. Like this, this company that I've been following for so long with Halo going back to literally the launch of the Xbox. 
Um, and here I am at like their private little party because they put out that teaser in 2013 at the Sony press conference. It just so many like things that I never thought I would have done. I was able to do through Guardian Radio. I mean, we had been E3. I've been going to E3 since like 2008 back then when we were doing all that. So, I, you know, I've been to press conferences and things like that. But like just the fan, that was the first time I think I ever really fanned fanboyed it out it was like oh my god i'm at the bungee party this is crazy um yeah it's wild. so cool so cool now were there any cool stories that you can share from that party that really stick out uh i mean the biggest one really just i think the marty coming in was was crazy and then you know at the time i didn't know i mean there were some older bungee guards still kind of there um but i think so a lot of it was jason jones there at all uh, no, but, um, uh, who's the, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Who's the COO right now or CEO? Pete Parsons. Uh, Pete Parsons, Pete Parsons. Who at the yeah, time yeah. was not in that role. I had a big conversation with him and uh, I remember him telling me like they were making destiny for a game that his kids could play. Like I remember talking to him and he's saying, you know, we wanted it to be kind of like on the star Wars level, you know, where the, that's where the violence, cause we, we were asking him like, how violent is the game going to be? Are we going to see blood like we do in halo and that? And he said he wanted it to be a game that his kids could play. You know, that was like Star Wars, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, sure. There's still some violence. There's limbs getting cut off. I mean, Darth Maul gets cut in half, all that stuff. But they wanted it to be a game still that people could, um, you know, play with their kids and their kids could play. And that always kind of stuck with me. So when it came time, when the game came out, I mean, my son, there's a funny video that is even on that channel of me and my son when the beta was live and us going to the moon and he's sitting next to me watching me go in the moon. And, you know, my son at the time would have been probably what, eight, maybe seven or eight. And him being a little bit creeped out, you know, because there's like the hive coming at you and all that. And the moon was just creepy. Um, And uh, that that was, you know, just something interesting and just meeting him. And then obviously seeing where, you know, P. Parsons has gone now is basically head of the company. It's crazy. Um, But uh, I'm trying to think like that party. I mean, that was pretty much, you know, it was just we kind of just were nervous at that party, kind of, you know, sticking to our own. I know I just Marty meeting Marty and then P. Parsons and then, of course, Deej, you know, kind of bringing us in and introducing us to some people there. Um, but there is actually another website, um, that you don't really see much anymore. It was, uh, uh, what is it? DBO.org. Is that what it was? And HBO.org. It was like the halo site and the destiny site. And those guys were at that party as well. But a lot of them had ties to Bungie through halo through the old HBO site. And, uh, so we were kind of hanging out with a lot of those guys too at that party. And that was early days of destiny, man. It's crazy. That's pretty amazing. So what are some of your favorite memories from your time playing Destiny and starting a podcast and growing a podcast to the success that it was? Um, I mean, the Guardian Cons are always the best, man. I mean, that was, you know, something that I see Mystic Rose in the chat. Mystic, how you doing? Um, Mystic was always a big help in seeing her. I mean, she was somebody that was uh, always a follower and listener of Guardian Radio. She was there with all our our uh, shows that we would do. So we got to meet her at Guardian Con and meeting meeting all the names that we would see in the chat you know that was always awesome um did you guys ever go to guardian con i mean did we ever meet shadow i i I met you i met you i I met mesa and bell bunny um in uh 2016 when it was still called destiny con actually i can see you know dude when i was looking at your twitter i was like i know i saw that face because that's one thing like (laughs) being people that know i'm a pharmacist and so i i just look at i see so many people all the time. And I can always remember faces, but I can't always remember names. And so like when I saw your picture, I was like, Oh yeah, I met him. I'm pretty sure he was at a guardian con. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm the real tall guy. I'm like t- a little bit, a little bit taller than Cosmo basically. Yeah. Okay. okay gotcha. Yeah. Um, but uh, those are always fun. You know, doing the panels were always great. Um, I think the, yeah. the, 
the second year, which would have been, I guess, the first kind of Guardian Con. That panel was awesome. The one where we gave away the PlayStations and that. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was that was fantastic. Um, the other kind of scene was that was the second one, right? Because the one in 2015 was like at a bar or something. Bar, yeah. Which we didn't go yeah. to that. I know uh, I think Blythe was at that one, but we weren't, yeah. we weren't at that one. Um, but the second one, pretty much we went to the second, third, and fourth ones we were at. I remember the one in 2016 too, because isn't that when the Bife like lost his passport and he couldn't yep. like make it there? And yep. it's like, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> so what happened to him? I, he left it on the plane or something, didn't he? Like he got off the plane and left it in the back of the seat or something. I, I can't even oh, remember, but he did. He didn't he oh, make man. it there, or did he just? He did. He, no, he wasn't able to come. That's right. We no, had him. On, yeah. No, that's right. We had him on the screen. Yeah, we had him in our booth for a short time on yeah. the screen, and then I think he had a panel, and they were able to pull him up on a screen and have him like be a Discord or whatever it was. It was just ridiculous. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And that was you know, life. I mean, was still a part of Guardian Radio at that time. But like, if there's any yeah. legacy of Guardian Radio, anybody that knows anything behind the scenes, it's always been like that. Like it's just by the seat of our pants. Somehow things happen like one of the and it's still like I'll have nightmares about this still sometimes we had because you guys listen to Guardian Radio, you know, we would have Dijon a lot and he was always yeah. David from Seattle. And for some reason, he didn't pick up his phone. He knew he had to do it. And I would call him through Skype because we would do the show through Skype. We weren't using Discord and I would literally call his cell phone. And I dialed it, and for whatever reason, he wasn't ready, and his voicemail picked up, and he didn't have a voicemail. So it was like, you know, the person at phone number 704, and it started, like, giving the number, and I'm like, I had to just kill the stream. I mean, that was, could you imagine, could you imagine if I gave away DJ's cell phone number on a live broadcast of Guardian Radio? It almost happened. It totally almost happened. I was freaking out that was like i because i couldn't find the button to like stop the you know the call and so i just had to kill the stream and yeah. that was one of the scariest things i think i ever <laughs> ever did i mean we always joke about it now but it was man that was terrible um and then pro- probably one of the other i mean i went to the summit you know so the destiny summit was cool you know the the first community summit was awesome you know going to bungee studios you know a lot of people were there for destiny i was there just taking in the whole like halo display in the beginning of the studio when you go in i mean all that stuff is just awesome when you walk in there you see all the you know master chief stuff and everything was just super still cool honor all that you know even though it's a microsoft property now you know it's yeah you know, i mean it's that's the team yeah. that built it man bungie built it yeah. it's just yeah. even though even though you know there are people from that those teams that are still there but it's the, this this bungie is definitely a different bungie than than was back back then but it's still just awesome to see all that stuff and be in that house you know the house that built master chief is just yeah um so cool but honestly probably the most surreal thing <clears throat> that happened um besides the cons besides all that was getting an email from Deej and it would have been i guess january or february of 2014 so before the game came out before the pre or before the alpha and all that and we were invited to play in the pre alpha so oh, it was wow. Me and Craig and one other co-host, because they only said we can only have three of you come in. And some of the guys from that DBO website, Cosmo was a part of that, because Cosmo, for those that don't know, Cosmo was in Deej's clan. And so Cosmo, their whole clan, which I mean, Cosmo was tweeting about them being the ones that went and did the Vault of Glass. So we had known all about that, that it happened before, you know, the game came out. You know, we've got a lot of that told to us beforehand, but um, we got to play Destiny for about a week on ps4 under and I'm, I, I love saying this because people are just like what 
under the music player demo was what it looked like. And I will never forget my son was in elementary school. And I remember telling him like, and I mean, who is he going to tell, right? Some little kid, but I'm like, you, when you go to school, like you can't tell people that I'm playing this game. This is just how my mind was working at the time. I'm like, cause he's going to tell someone who's going to tell a dad who's going to, cause we had to sign, you know, like an NDA, like we're playing this. We can't tell anybody. And an article came out about a day or two into it that said, um, what was his name? Shuhei Yoshida, the president of Sony was playing a new music player coming to the PlayStation four. And people are like, Oh wow. Cause at the, I think at the time you couldn't play, you may not even still be able to play MP3s on a PlayStation four. And it was like, Oh, they're putting out. Cause remember the PlayStation four was new. It came out in what? 2013. So this was, yeah. um, <clears throat> and so they're like, Oh, there's going to music player come in, but it seems to have some social aspects. Cause you know, he's playing with some other people. Well, then it broke that, wait a minute, somehow somebody leaked it. It was the Destiny Alpha. Took a matter of about an hour for somebody to say, oh, Mark from Guardian Radio and screenshotting it and putting it up on Twitter and putting it up on the Reddit. Mark from Guardian Radio was playing the music player oh. demo. Oh, my God, you know, Bungie is doing this Destiny Alpha. I was panicked, like freaking out. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't release this. Like, this isn't my fault. And, uh, you know, it took Deej, you know, I, I messaged him like, dude, what, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't do anything. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, it's nothing you guys did. Like people just have caught on to what it is. And I still have my PlayStation four upstairs. I can't download it, but I still have like, when I scroll through my library of games, like the music player demo is still there. So whenever <laughs> any, ever anybody says they're like an a destiny alpha vet, I'm a destiny or a pre alpha vet. Oh, you know, we were on the pre alpha. Right. I bet so, you're never going to want to get rid of that PlayStation. No, no, man. It's, That's it's special. forever. I have, it doesn't show up on the PS5, but on my PS4, it's still there. So, yeah. ET, if you never, like, like, if you, yeah, same thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same thing, man. It's just, you can't get it anymore. And uh, so those were some of the most fun that I had. Like, we were playing one night and I didn't get to talk to him, but like, we were running around and we were playing with Deej one night and he's like, oh, there's Nathan Fillion over there. So he, Nathan Fillion was in the tower. He knew that was him. I mean, he didn't join our party, but it was like, so we were just kind of running around in this real early stages and not a lot really changed other than we, we definitely had found some like map breaking bugs at that time, but that was pretty much it. You know, other than that, it was pretty much what everybody played in the alpha. And and we didn't know at the time, even, even when we went, well, and then this, this, this kind of leads into that story as well. But when the alpha came out, like I didn't know when we were playing the pre-alpha, that was a build that was going to be released for the alpha at E3. Um, We didn't know that was going to be a thing. Because what we knew, it was me, Craig from our show, Cosmo, Dylan, who you all know is a DMG, um, like one of those guys from HBO, and then one of Deej and Cosmo's friend from their clan, we all were contracted to go work the Bungie booth at E3 that year. So in 2014, I actually worked at the Bungie booth. I was there. So anybody who went through, I may have been, I only did it a few times, the actual talking, but twice I got up there and was like, the E3 crowd kind of corrals in. And I was like, all right, behind these walls is something called the Crucible. This is where Guardians, you know, put on their, their biggest tests. And you can have three different classes. And we gave the whole spiel. And then you went in and there were all the terminals for people to experience the Crucible for the first time. Oh, cool. And so wow. that was, dude, you want to talk about like the most surreal, like that whole, like that just handful of months where it was like playing the pre-alpha, going into literally working at E3. I mean, that was it. Cause I had been to E3 multiple times before that. I think I've been to 83. So it was seven as media and the eighth was working. That and, wasn't the best E3 for you. Dude, right? like, and, but even then they didn't tell us that it was going to be for everybody. So I was literally at 
the uh, uh, at the Sony press conference, sitting with all the Bungie people and the trailer rolls that everybody you know remembers seeing in the gameplay and all that. And then at the end, when it says like you know play the Destiny Alpha now, it was like what? And, you know, it was just crazy. And so, yeah, that was uh, that was surreal, dude. Like working for Bungie essentially for three days of E three, which e- even more of that because we even you know went there early. We were on the show floor, kind of not really setting up the booth, but going through run throughs and everything that we had to do. And then there was a party and I deleted this video and I wish I had it. I had on camera more console Datto, and a couple other people, each of them, the very first time they ever laid hands on destiny. We had, there was, that was the bigger bungee party where they invited all content creators and all that. And so we were working it. They had us kind of like working it, answering questions for people about the crucible and all that. And I had Datto, I'll never forget it. Like sitting down at the loading screen, the very first time the dude ever put his hands on destiny. And I, I had deleted the video probably a year or two after that thinking like, I'll never need that. And now it's like, man, if I had that, like Datto, I'm sure would love to have that, but you know, yeah. just in hindsight, yeah. like at the time I just wasn't realizing what it was, you know, the really that I had, it was kind of crazy from humble beginnings. <laughs> hearing, yeah. hearing stories of, of these awesome beginnings. It's so <clears throat> cool. And so surreal to like, just vicariously live those moments through your experiences. That's so freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, you almost, that's what, but it's a testament to Bungie, man, right? Like when people say Bungie aren't listening, like they are, but whenever they can't do anything, there's, there's a reason. It's not that they don't want to do anything. You know, that's why like for Guardian Radio, we always tried to stay like as positive as we, as we could, right? It was always about just people listening to the show are fans of the game and sure there's problems with the game and you can give criticisms, but I'm not going to sit here and trash it and, and send death threats to, you know, developers or anything like that. It's a video game. Like, you yeah. know, the brain, oh, they know what's wrong with the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, a testament to that was, you know, hell, they took a chance with, I mean, what other company would just literally hire six fans of their game to come in, like be literally get up on stage and present the game to them. Like we did that. That was crazy. And you think of that in hindsight, but they allowed us to do, it. I mean, maybe nowadays with, you know, they're hiring content creators because they're a known name, but this was, I mean, we weren't known. None of these media journalists knew who Mark from Guardian Radio was, you know, they didn't know. Um, and it was just awesome that they, Bungie, that's just the way they are. That's the way that company is. So. Uh, Mark, I know that we're celebrating a pretty big milestone in the Bungie universe. Bungie is celebrating 30 years as a company. What was your first Bungie game that you played? Uh, would have been Halo. Halo Combat Evolved on the okay. Xbox. Yeah. I never played Oni. Um, Oni was, I remember like when it came out, but I wasn't, wasn't into it. And then I never got into Myth um, or right. any of that. What about um, Marathon? I didn't play Marathon, man. I didn't have a yeah. Mac back then. And I know oh, yeah. that was kind of like the big Mac, like first person shooter. Now, Craig, who was on the show, that's where he kind of got his tie to Bungie was through Marathon. And um, so he was real big into reading the terminals and all that. But for me, it was definitely combat evolved. And I remember the, just the way I was arguing with a friend about how great the GameCube was going to be and how it was fine waiting for Metroid. You know, I'm fine waiting for Metroid Prime. You go play that, that space alien game on your Xbox. Took about a week for me to realize how awesome that space alien game on that Xbox was. And like, I'm still sitting here waiting for Metroid Prime. Like, come on. Um, and so I waited. Prime came out and I kept my cue, but it didn't take me too long to get a, an Xbox as well. And I was in college at the time, so we were just doing LAN parties like crazy, man. And so we just fell in love with with Halo. (laughs) I mean, we used to play, I'm sure you hear the stories, but like there was no Xbox Live back then. And you could trick your Xbox into thinking you were on a LAN by going through something through GameSpy. It was a website you'd go to. 
you go to a chat room, basically yeah. go on there, find other people that were like, hey, we want to play a game of Capture the Flag on Blood Gulch. And we'd be like, okay. And you would click like a connect and it would connect the Xboxes because your Xbox had to be on the same like network as your computer. And it was laggy as hell. And it would always be like Blood Gulch was the biggest map pretty much in Halo 1. And we'd be doing capture the, like four or five flag, capture the flag. And you'd be there for like three hours. And, you know, there's it's like a three on three. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, this is just ridiculous. But it was so cool because it's like we're playing this online in this game with this awesome sandbox. And from there, my buddies and I were just hooked. And then, you know, Halo 2 just took it to the next level with Xbox Live being a thing at that point and being fully integrated into that game. And that was it, man. I was hooked on Bungie after that. In 20 years this year. 20 it's crazy. Years. 20 years awesome. for Xbox, 20 years for Halo. Yeah. Yep. Shadow Price actually got me into the Halo franchise with Halo Reach. And I remember we were roommates at the time and we went to Walmart to pick up Halo Reach and I started playing it and I couldn't put it down. It was so good. Uh, and uh, it, when Destiny came out, then it was kind of a natural thing for us to dive into that and to try to play that. I convert him. He was a Call of Duty guy before. Oh, you know. Call of Duty guy. Yeah, yeah. I was a lot of zombies, a lot of Black Ops too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I like when Modern Warfare came out. I mean, I definitely you know played, and I've played pretty much every Call of Duty since. Really, I would love the. I love the campaigns in Call of Duty. I mean, they're literally that blockbuster movie that comes out every year. You know, that's just his six eight hour campaign you just blow through and it's like man this is great just hundred million everywhere. dollar like yeah, yeah just, it's, it's, a, it's a michael bay movie every year yeah, like you just exactly. you get it every year it's great yeah. but the, the multiplayer has been hit or miss for me some some years i'm into it but i always only play it like for like a couple weeks hardcore in the beginning and then i just kind of go back to it kind of throughout the year for a couple days and like that's it never been able to really commit myself fully to it and you know part of that is it's it's I don't want to say it's mindless, but like I only usually play team deathmatch. I don't have a lot of friends that like to play the objective modes in the game. Um, and like part of that is because the time to kill is so quick. And like, that's where I've always loved halo is it's a much slower time to kill. And like the maps to me, it's always Halo's always been about map knowledge and, you know, not only just of the map, knowing the layout of the map, but also the sandbox, knowing the tool sets that you have either on you or where they're going to spawn on the map. And then if you get shot first, there's always that feeling you can outplay someone, you know, if I, if I'm good enough to know the tools that my Spartan has on him right now and you shoot me first, I can probably, or at least have a chance at outplaying you where in call of duty, it's like, you shoot me first. I'm dead. There's, there's nothing I can do. You know, it's just like, Oh, you you saw me from behind. I'm dead. You know, where in halo, sometimes you can, you know, Oh, you shoot me from behind. I know there's a corridor here. I can quickly jump over, or I know there's a jump here. I can quickly throw it, look down at the ground, drop a grenade. You're still chasing me because I know this jump was here. You're going to walk over the grenade. You're dead. Or, you know, there's just so many different things in Halo and starting at that even playing field. Like to me, it was about gun skill. It was about map knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so Mm -hmm. to me, Halo still is, is king for me for multiplayer. No, I totally agree with you on that. And Mark, on the topic of Destiny, do you still play Destiny today? Um, every once in a while, I was telling you guys kind of off the air, I, whenever there's a new expansion, I dip in, play through all that story content um this actually i didn't buy the season pass last year this year i did um and i first couple days of each season this year i've kind of dipped in kind of saw what the new event was um but i've just kind of lost the the hobby of it guys honestly like i don't i don't know like i still have fun with it 
Um, but the, <laughs> the sad part is like every time I log in, like today, I logged in knowing I was coming on the show, wasn't here for the, um, um, much of this season. And, you know, if, when you come back to it, which I mean, if you guys are playing every day or, you know, a couple times a week, you're not really seeing this as often. You just get so many things on the screen like, hey, this person's available now. Go here. Go do this. Oh, go grab this. Oh, this is happening this week. Oh, this is going to happen next week. And it's like, I don't even know where to begin some of the times. And, um, you know, a lot of the people that I played with don't really play anymore either. And like part of my fun of, of Destiny was playing with my friends. You know, that game is a very social game. And it, it it's fun to run like i just love running strikes to me strikes are just a blast like i just even just randoms you know not even with friends um but you know those days of raiding i just i'm not doing it anymore you know because i just number one i'm not <laughs> high enough level i think i think i can run deep stone crypt that's about it i actually can't even run vault of glass right now where i am um but the people that i would raid with before just either some of them are still playing and have just new raid groups or you know like kata my old co-host i mean he doesn't play anymore so you know, us getting up every morning at 5 a.m. to play Destiny um, just doesn't happen like it used to. And so I've, I've just kind of fallen off with it. Although I will say, I think the medium they've they've built or the tool set they've built to tell their stories right now is probably the best it's ever been. Like as much as I enjoyed the expansion model and like almost wish it still was that, I think the idea of people logging in every week and getting the audio logs, you know, I mean, you're all basically getting audio grimoire every week, right? With know little glimpses of the story that's kind of being told through all these seasons i think that's really cool even though i'm not into those stories right now you know i'm not caught up i'm not in it every week and jumping to see what how the story is going to push forward i know there are a lot of people that are and i think that is uh you know just awesome that they've kind of found a way to keep people kind of hooked in into where the story is going and, and how they're able to tie each season to the next i think that's kind of cool they've kind of found their their stride in that. i mean do you guys agree with that is that as people playing destiny consistently now do you think they've kind of hit their stride in telling the story right now i feel like they have yeah because it's it's more connected than it's ever been before um each each season kind of connects into the next season you know and obviously with with the reveal we got coming up in uh august 24th with uh looks like you know the next chapter in destiny yeah. you know it's they are delivering a good story i feel like now um it's uh you got to log in every week. The drip feed like content that that you know that could be a little annoying, but I think the way that they're telling the story and the way it's connecting, I think, is the best that they've ever done. No, I think you know, and I think for me, they're telling a story in a really good way, and I think that the story is interesting. But going back to what Mark said with the expansion model, I feel like it felt more like an, an actual campaign, yes. where you're logging on and there's this level of excitement because you don't know what to expect, but you know, you're going on this journey and it might be a five hour journey, a three hour journey, whatever it is, but you're still going on this adventure that you're not getting right now. And I do love the storyline and I love the story content, but I wish it was both that and this, because that would feel like more of a complete experience for me as a player. Yeah yeah dude i mean for me it literally like i log into the seasons and it's like oh hey go talk to this new vendor cool and usually kind of get that like this season you had you know you were kind of bringing the fallen in right it was and that was cool and you go to this area and you're, you're talking to him and then it's like okay go talk to was it a servitor or something you had to talk to and then they give you this item and then it's like okay go out in the field and watch the bars increase and it's like that just doesn't feel good like to me one of my favorite expansions and i think you you had a question here 
in in the rundown. And so, I mean, I hate to jump ahead to it, but one of my favorite expansions was Warmind. I loved, I don't know what it was about that Warmind or about that expansion, but it was like, we're going back to Mars and it was like cool setting and the strike was cool that came with it. And, you know, even though it was kind of like a re- rehash story mission, it was still just like everything about that expansion. I loved because it felt new. It felt like, just like what you said, it felt like a campaign. Even though it only took me three, four hours, it was something new. And then it had those things where then I can go and grind something and watch the bars move up, you know, to unlock those new weapons and stuff. And now it's just like you log in and it's like, okay, here's a new event that is repetitive. It's similar to something we've already been doing. And here's a new gun or a new amulet or whatever it is. And you just got to go use it and kill 30 of these things. And And to me right now, it's just not part of it is because because I'm not playing really end game content it's not driving me to, to chase that stuff where I'm sure if you're, if you're an end game content and you're the hobbyist for the game, that stuff I'm sure drives you, right? I mean, you, you want to get all the new guns cause you don't know if the perks is it going to be good in the raid. Is it not going to be good? Like you need to have all that stuff where for me, it's kind of now just a casual player. You know, it's not, that's not keeping me playing right now. Um, and I kind of wish it was, you know, I wish we were getting this. So that's why like when witch queen comes out, I'm going to be all over it. Like when Beyond Light came out, I was all over it because here's all these new story missions, all these new things like that for me has become my destiny. It's just that yearly game now that I play when the new big release comes out. And then I just kind of fall off after that and check in every once in a while. That's it. And I think it's okay for Destiny to be, you know, a Tuesday and Friday game, right? When Trials comes out on Friday, if you play Trials and then Tuesday is when the reset happens, you can play your Grandmaster Nightfalls, do the raids, and then you're done aside from all the seasonal content that might show up here and there. Uh, and that's okay because there are so many other games to experience and explore. Yeah. I know, Mark, you're a big Nintendo fan, and we got some pretty exciting news this week from the world of Nintendo and Shadow Price. Do you want to share what we learned about? Yeah, uh, Nintendo, you know, basically, you know, just uh, instead of saying, hey, Switch Pro, uh, no, no Switch Pro, how about Switch Up? <laughs> How about Switch OLED model? How about that? Even better. There you go. Even better. Is that the official term? Is that the official name of it? Nintendo Switch OLED model. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty, All right. That's, that's <laughs> what it's called, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nintendo well, and their naming conventions. And I think they did this specifically because they want to differentiate that from a Switch Pro because it's not a Switch Pro. And there has been so much hype, so much coverage about a Switch Pro that they wanted to be very clear about what this is and what this is not. And it sounds to me like it's not a performance upgrade. It is nope. a an upgrade in terms of the sound quality, in terms Same of chip. the display, and the memory. Uh, you, get, you get 64 gigs of memory. And and I think I know what happened here, actually. You know, um, what happened? tell us. For one, COVID, you know, they pushed everything back because I think this was supposed to come out last year. I think this was their XL model. You know how like they have the two yeah. like 3DS and then the 3DS XL or the yeah. or the DS and the the DX <clears throat> like XL or whatever. They always do this. They always have these iterations with these larger screens, and that not necessarily increase the you know the horsepower or anything like that. I think what also happened here with, with uh, because of COVID and. Also, the chip shortage. Mm-hmm. I think the chip shortage, the semiconductor shortage, also factors in here too. So Nintendo figured, okay, we have this deal with this uh, mo- this uh, manufacturer that sells these screens, 
we were getting these OLED screens basically from Samsung. We have this deal. We have all these screens, you know, uh, instead of just waiting, let's just, uh, since we can't pretty much make the new switch right now, because let's, let's be honest, they are making one. It's happening. It's just not happening this year. We're not getting a more powerful one this year. Um, let's just sell them, you know, a new switch. Let's put this fancy OLED screen in there and, you know, <laughs> How many times does yeah. Nintendo just put a new color on a console? I mean, how many color GameCubes, how many color DSs came out? And people just buy it up regardless. Exactly. So this is just the same thing, right? It's There's no difference other than you're getting a little bit of a better screen, a little bit more memory, better sound quality, and a better kickstand, right? I mean, let's be honest, the kickstand, if, you, if you're somebody who plays that thing in kickstand mode, this is made for you because the flimsy kickstand yeah. on the other one was garbage. So this is... Exactly, um, yeah, so it's a better better switch it's a better switch not a performance upgrade but just a better or overall quality switch that they're charging 50 dollars more for and they're giving you an ethernet port in the dock are you getting one shadow price you're gonna get one i'm gonna get it yeah you are okay because i'm an enthusiast like i i love tech i love gaming i i'm you know i'm gonna get this i'll I'll tell you as of right now dude I'm not getting it, but I know as we get closer, <laughs> chances are I will. And really, for me, here, here's where my head is right now. Like, I don't play my Switch actually in handheld mode that much anymore. I used to, but like, I, I honestly haven't really played much on the Switch lately in general. But of course, that's going to change when Metroid comes out. And what comes out when Metroid comes out? Oh, the new Switch. That's right. And like, for me, I have, like, you may have one too. I have a launch Switch. My battery life is garbage. So like, part of yeah. me is thinking like, I, I want the upgrade for the battery life. But then the logical part of me says, are you ever really playing six hours straight in handheld mode or, you know, whatever it's going to be? No. So, like, do I really need it as of right now? No. But, yes, the enthusiast in me is saying, like, yeah, you know, you may. You kind of need it. You kind of got to have it. Launching with Metroid Dread, too, the same day. That's what I'm saying, man. So they're marketing it with Metroid Dread. And if you look very closely at that console, the new one, that white the dock and the joy cons doesn't that resemble an emmy robot from that game a little uh, bit don't tell me that don't tell me <laughs> I mean, that. like i mean it just has <laughs> that look in it it, it, and bravo. it bravo for like them actually pushing this game because i feel like this game has a chance to do better than any metroid game has ever done you know which i'm very happy for because i'm a huge fan of the metroid franchise yep. like huge i've, I've been fa- super metroid one of the greatest games of all time you do like, yep it's one Easily. of the best metroidvanias um so yeah i mean do i want a more powerful switch absolutely um maybe next year with uh breath of the wild 2 coming out maybe like we will get that next year when the, the conductors are more readily available Nintendo will have all these OLED screens and they're like, yeah. all right, well, let's <clears throat> finally, let's finally do this. Cause they want to do it. They just couldn't do it this year. They literally, you, couldn't you know do what it. dude, like they do want to do it, but it's like in the same sense, it, it really doesn't matter if they do it or not. Like, and, and I'm going to stick to that. I know some people say like, Oh, what are they doing? This is Nintendo. They've been doing it forever. Like they, they always like, they play in their own ballpark. yeah, they're just, they're, they're, they're like Apple, dude, they're their own deal and people will buy it regardless. They, they really, what Nintendo is, is their franchises and like people, you want to play the new old, Mario game? Do you want to play the new Pokemon? You got to buy exactly. the new Nintendo console. And then the other thing they always double down on is the install base. And that's where my concern is about a switch pro next year, especially if the switch pro is coming out for breath of the wild too, is Look what happened with Hyrule Warriors. Like, sure, that wasn't on the high level of um, frame rate. Breath of the Wild 2. It was terrible yeah. on, a, on a launch 3DS. Yeah. You needed the new 3DS. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's no way they can make Breath of the Wild 2 go through that same thing where, oh, if you don't have the new Switch Pro, it's going to run like garbage. Like, they just can't have that be a thing. So part of me is like, maybe they just kind of continue on with this and we're going to get maybe maybe faster load times, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to get the um, big 4K upgrade that people are wanting on the Switch because there almost is no need to. It's so um, hard because it the... The reports are out there, and some of them aren't completely accurate. I get that. But they have been working on some for a long time. Because if you take a look at the careers page for Nintendo, they've been hiring for things like multi-threading, 3D spatial audio. This was back in 2018. So we know they're working on something. We know they are. It's just when when are they going to release it? You know, Nintendo goes to the beat of their own drum. You know, so it's possible we could get it next year. But maybe 2023 is more likely where we get the Switch 2, the next right. true yeah. next-gen Switch. Yep. Because let's be honest, they're probably going to stick with the Switch because it's being, it's being so, it's so successful for them. Yep. I know, think we're always, it's always going to be a hybrid console from here on out. Like, I don't think you're ever going to get just a straight Nintendo console again. You know, it's always going to be, you can always take it on the go or dock it and play it. Like, I think they've really found a niche for themselves. I mean, you know, PlayStation had a great idea with the PSP and then with the Vita delivering that, you know, quality experience on the go. But I don't think they realize like how many people just also wanted to dock it and play it on their big screen TV. So by being able to do that with the switch, it's basically the best of both worlds. And here's my final thought about that. And sorry to take up so much of the, you know, the time for this. But, um, oh, dude, dude, I'm here to tell. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> I think this model is going to replace the OG, the Switch, the original Switch. The I think Switch, it will too. Uh, because I feel like they're coming in at that higher price point. Because, you know, they, Nintendo's a company, man. They want to make money. Like, it's just, they want to sell people product and people are going to buy this. I think this is going to replace the original Switch because they're going to phase out that, that OG Switch, and this is going to be the one that replaces it, and they're going to drop it down to the two ninety nine price point. And then once that happens, that's when I feel like the next one comes after that, the next yeah. thing, you know. So and I'll be right that's there good. to gobble it up. Yeah. Same. <laughs> we'll be there, you and me. We'll be there, Shadow Price. Same. Gobbling Absolutely. Playing, playing Metroid, Zelda, or anything like that in 4K, like where DOSS and, you know, just uh, Metroid like, Prime 4. That's what we'll oh be playing. Oh my God, Metroid. And Give me it. I feel like that's why we haven't seen that game yet. I'm telling yeah, you. Honestly, yeah. I think you're they're, right. They're, yeah. That game's so ambitious. Like, look at the. That is a quadruple A game. Look at the develop. Look at all the former developers. They've got people from like Activision. They've got people from 2K on that. They got people from EA. They got people from I think some people from former Bungie. They've got so many. Like it's a quadruple A game. Like I, I can't. Me- I don't know what it's go- like. My mind's gonna be blown though when I when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting, and I'm wondering if the Breath of the Wild game that will be coming out next will also come out with the next version of the Switch that will be more powerful because we know eventually they're going to have to give us a more powerful Switch to be able to really play the games that are coming out in the future so that they have that third-party support that they really need to sustain the ecosystem. I mean, they finally given you an Ethernet cable, so they're finally they getting did, with the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yep. That was the other big thing on the new one. Yep. 
They're finally getting with the times. <laughs> yeah, but but like I was saying, Cornholio, like I still think, man, like they got to make sure that that Breath of the Wild two runs on this switch. Although you know what, I say that, but at the same time, did anybody get Breath of the Wild on their Wii U? Because it came out, so they put yeah. out a, a dumbed down version of Breath of the Wild. So maybe maybe that's what they do. Maybe there is the the Switch Pro version of the game, and then there's the original Switch version of the game. Maybe they do that again. They've done that. They did it with Twilight Princess, too. I feel like Nintendo, especially with their first-party IPs, they're very good at optimizing those games to run really well on their hardware. So it might run in 60 frames, it might not, but even if it doesn't, I think it's going to run well enough. Mm -hmm. What I would be concerned about would be the third-party games to really be able to yeah. perform up to where the they need to perform. That is the concern. The with, it's with, not the Metroid yeah. Prime 4s, because, I mean, if yeah. you think about it, Metroid Prime 4 will run well regardless if it's old hardware or new yeah. hardware. It's just they will use techniques like super sampling and, you know, downscaling to make it well, run well. That's why we haven't enough. seen that game yet. Like, they're... Yeah. Well, they're waiting for that build to be for the new for the new Switch. Like, here's, you know. here's another thought. Like, Nintendo, sure, like the Wii U, I don't want to say the Wii U was a failure, but let's be honest. Like, it <laughs> didn't lead, meet up the expectations at all, right, where they wanted it to go. And part of that was because third-party support wasn't there. But I if know. you look at where gaming is today, number one, Nintendo's charging a fee to play games online. So there's a, some steady income right there. But the amount of indie games, like third-party indie oh, games yeah. and kind of the the love for that stuff right now um and then even on top of that the free-to-play games like um you know obviously uh fortnite all those games that are on there um and then you're seeing games run in the cloud even though that's not the best gaming experience you know maybe five or three four years from now when we get whatever that next switch is playing games in the cloud may just be the norm i mean microsoft's trying to make it that way this nintendo's been doing it i what you can play assassin's creed in the in the cloud i think resident evil um, some of those games you buy the cloud version of the game. Like at that point, is that where your third parties are? You're not looking at third parties as like Ubisoft so much putting out Assassin's Creed Infinity on your thing. I mean, they may do that, but they're going to do the cloud version of that on the Switch. And maybe they don't need to focus so much on making the hardware meet the PlayStation 5 or meet the Series X level, yeah. you know, because they have such an install base on those that's the thing, Nintendo, that's what they're best at is they're getting their install base. That's why the Wii U failed because they weren't able to gather that. And now with the Switch, having so many people owning a Switch and having all those smaller bite-sized games on there, like they're making a lot of money right now. So it's like, I don't know if then splintering that to put out another, the next Nintendo, you know, I think we're still years away before we see um, the forced jump, let's say, you know, the, the, the jump where you can only play the new Mario on that new platform i think it's going to be a while i think we're going to be have, having the switch for a while but yeah no i totally I agree on that and and i think you know in terms of the wii u i think the other issue that they had was their marketing was really bad that yeah console was very <clears throat> misunderstood Worst because a lot ever. of people thought it was an accessory for the wii people didn't really know what it was and it was ahead of its time, right? It was, you could see the iteration of what we have now with the Nintendo Switch to what they were trying to get at with that, you know, display that you had with the Wii U. In fact, some games like, um, what was it? Mario Maker. That game actually ran better on the Wii U I know. because it had. It better, yeah, because you had that. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
the functionality with the touchpad, with yep. Yep. which you didn't really have on the Switch. So it's really interesting to see that. Um, but I do think Nintendo is doing some really awesome, awesome things with the Switch. And I don't see them losing any popularity. And plus, they don't necessarily need new hardware because it's not like they have any competition. It's really hard to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series yeah, X Yeah, that's right the now. other thing, yeah. Near impossible. Yeah. And even the old hardware... Shadow the Prince thing is, get it for his for his kids. He couldn't get them brand new. The wow. only thing is with that with the third parties, because as the gap widens between, you know, what Nintendo has right now and what, you know, and I know they don't obviously they don't, you know, they don't compete directly, but they're in the, you know, they're in the gaming space. Like eventually third parties, like I mean, when are you going to see, like, you know, games from EA again? Like, when are you going to get a Battlefield again? When are you, when are you going to get a Call of Duty? When are you going to, like, do we have to wait till 2023 to get those games? On what, Nintendo you know? you're talking about? On Nintendo, yeah. Like, Did you ever really have them, though? I mean, that's the thing. Like, sure, there was Call of Duty on the Wii, but it wasn't, like, Modern Warfare. You know, it wasn't like the, the current Call of Duty. It was always this weird kind of modified version, and it... You know, instead, like it didn't sell well, so there just came out how many, however many what carnival games kept coming out because those things sold like crazy. Or what didn't like the last Just Dance come out on the Wii? Like the Wii, I think there was a Wii Just Dance like a year or two ago. <laughs> like they still put it out because it was selling, man. And like that's the thing with like Nintendo. I mean, I don't want to say it's a console for kids because I mean we do we all love Nintendo. So, but they're able to capture a new generation every couple of years, like there's always a new batch of kids who it'll be their first Pokemon. It'll be their first Super Mario. It'll be their first Zelda. And like Nintendo can just keep rolling with that. And then they build these lifelong fans like us who then have their kids and we buy it for our kids. And it's like, as I know, third parties are important. And I like that was always a big deal, especially with the Wii U. I mean, that's really what crushed the Wii U. But I think the Wii U, their problem with that was they were trying to compete with xbox and with playstation i remember like that was big talking points like we're launching and you can play mass effect and you can play assassin's creed and it was like wow but i've already played those games six months ago that's cool but then now it's like no they're just kind of stepping back and saying all right we just need to double down on what we're best at and i don't think you need to have battlefield on a switch man you don't if if you thought the processor was bad like in like ps4 and xbox one like you know looking at it they were underpowered they they were they were underpowered even for the time the one the wii u oh my god super underpowered like that's why games ran at like 10 frames per second 10 15 (laughs) frames per second from third parties because it just they they couldn't do anything with it because it's just so underpowered you know so you know what nintendo needs to do they need to put destiny on the switch man that's what they need to say that for so long so long. Oh, the cloud. Why is there not a cloud bungee? What are you doing? Like you have cloud versions of this game already. Why is this not on the switch? Yeah, you got cloud for control. You got cloud for well, Plague Tale. I guess that's that's a new one that's coming to the Switch. Plague Tale Innocence. Do um, PlayStation or Fantasy Star Online 2, which if you guys follow me on Twitter or listen to Enthusiast Life, you know I'm always talking about that game. I that game runs in Japan on the Switch in the cloud version. I've I've created it. This was, you know, before PSO2 was out on the Xbox here in the States and I was playing on PC. I created a Japanese Nintendo account, downloaded it, and it was terrible because I was streaming it from Japan, but it works. It was working. It's like they have games on there, but. So I'm going to make a prediction in two years when 5G technology is more widely available. 
I think that Nintendo will integrate that technology into their gaming consoles, and we will see Destiny probably by Lightfall. We'll see Destiny on Nintendo. Just I a prediction. So. You know, there are a lot of Nintendo fans at Bungie, and there's a lot of people who would like to see that happen. But yeah. it's hard Let's for them to do. Same fourteen Smash, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. Put Osiris in. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding out. Let's do Destiny Kart yeah. Racer. Let's go. Oh my God, Mario Kart. I'm holding out for Master Chief though for the Final Fighter for Smash. I'm holding. Uh, oh, everybody is man. man. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah. I man, that would just that would break. That would break the internet. Yep, yeah, the internet would totally break. Yeah. So, Mark, what do you do when you're not gaming or podcasting? Uh, well, I'm a pharmacist, so you guys know that. Uh, you actually introduced me as Doctor Mark Turk. I love that, man. I don't. I mean, I did get my doctorate in pharmacology, but I never, <laughs> I never really use that that often, other than when it's like you know, making a phone call to like a business and, you know, because of something bad, you know, like this is Dr. Mark Turk out on the phone. You know, I'll drop that sometimes. Um, but uh, I'm an avid runner. So I run multiple times a week. Um, that's actually the primary place I listen to my podcast is while I run. So I have, you know, my set shows that I listen to and uh, listen to them. And um, that's led me, I've done Spartan races and all that for God. I didn't do any last year just because of the pandemic, but and I'm not doing any this year, but next year I'm going to get back into it. Um, but from 2012, I started doing those. And so like, you know, six, seven years straight was doing the Spartan races for so people that don't know, those are kind of like those little distance. It's either like, you know, five miles, 13 miles, 20 miles, depending on which one you're running. And they have obstacles. So you're climbing walls, rolling, going under barbed wire, carrying sandbags, all that. So I just, I don't know, just, I just love doing it because it's things that I never, you know, would do before. And I have a, a friend that I run them with. And my son actually was going to run his first race with me last year because he's old enough. I mean, we didn't get to. So next year, he he needs to get in a little bit better shape because he's not in as good shape this year as he was last year. Um, but uh, he's hopefully will be doing that next year. Um, but then also, I've now kind of through the enthusiast life found a um, like a tabletop gaming group. Um, so we now have gotten into um, this card game, Marvel Champions, which I recommend people check out. I always bring it up. I, I mean, I'm practically a shield for this game. Um, but it is a card game that um, you play as Marvel heroes. Obviously, like the name yeah entails and you fight villains and you can have either play a one player or up to four people and you know first when i heard about it, i had a friend trying to get me into it and he's like oh you can play it solo and i'm thinking how how are you gonna play a card game by yourself but the interesting bit is is depending on the hero you're playing you have your deck and the villain you're fighting they have their deck and every draw that you do is of course different every game that you play so you're literally fighting with these cards using strategy to take them out every hero plays they're kind of themed around the way the character is. So like Captain America, if, as long as you have his shield on the board, you, there are certain moves you can do. And like, you know, one, you can play a card and you'll hit like two or three enemies that are on the board. And by doing that, you would then have to pick your shield up as if the shield was like coming back into your hand or uh, they just released Star-Lord as a new deck. And so Star-Lord is uh, all about risk versus reward. So a lot of the things you're doing are, it's almost hindering you to the point where like it's getting to the point where you could almost lose. But then if you get a certain card, you're able to drop that down. It's like, Scar, you know, Star-Lord just kind of by the skin of his teeth getting through this situation. Um, so it's really cool. And they put out these campaign expansions. And so every Thursday night, I have some of my people in Discord. We play um, via Discord with our cameras literally facing down at the table. We all have webcams. We play Marvel Champions through the internet. And we've been doing that now for the last couple months. And, and they put out these box set campaigns. So the one we did was uh, Rise of the Red Skull. So each week you fight a different villain and it carries over to the next week. So you may be adding cards to your deck or taking cards out, just depending on how you did. And you try to work through all five villains. Um, they just put out a new one. That's all guardians of the galaxy. So that came with rocket and Groot as heroes. 
And then of course a whole campaign to play through. And we've, man, we've tried twice now, two weeks in a row to kind of beat the first villain. And, and I think the company that makes it fantasy flight kind of learned that people were saying the game was a little bit too easy and um, they listened kind of like Bungie and they've made it <laughs> very difficult, especially for group play. So we uh, haven't made it too far with that, but then also with that group, I've been getting into um, D and D which is something that I played back when I was in middle school. And um, we were, we one week we do Marvel champions. The next week we do D and D and we've done D and D the last two times. And our campaign is kind of starting to kick off right now. So I have a feeling we're going to be putting Marvel champions aside for a little bit and just be rolling some D and D. So I don't know if anybody out there is in a tabletop, um, but uh, we've been having a lot of fun. Um, used to play Magic the Gathering back in the day. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Magic's yeah. awesome too, man. Yeah. I used to play Pokemon, all the Pokemon cards. Yeah. As a kid. I, fun fact, I had a Charizard that was holographic. And if I kept it to this day, it would be worth like 10 grand. Tons of money, man. I know. It's crazy, man, right? If only I kept it. But yeah. I was all about Pokemon when I was growing <laughs> up in middle school. Oh, man. It's awesome. So many Pokemon cards. Well, that's the one thing about Marvel Champions is it's not a collectible card game. So it's not like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon where you're buying like booster packs, you know, and you don't know what's in it, which kind of takes away some of the fun because a lot of people like that, like collecting just baseball cards or football cards. These are literally like when the new hero comes out, these are the cards you're getting. And then you can customize those decks with cards you previously owned based on like, you know, whether the person is under science or leadership or whatever. Um, so that's what kind of makes it neat is people are theory crafting decks online using the sets that are already out. So there's a whole community of people doing that. And, um, you know, when you play solo, which it's kind of funny, I've been telling people like, if I have like 30 minutes, it's either do I go play a video game for 30 minutes or do I sit down and you know, take on Rhino as Captain America or Rhino as Spider-Man or fight Claw, you know, what, what am I going to do? And I've actually found myself playing champions more now than playing video games almost, which is kind of crazy. Like I never would have thought that would be the case, especially like playing a card game by yourself. It just sounds wrong when you say it out loud, but the way that game is built, um, you can, and it's cool. It's a lot of fun. So I tell people like if you're into Marvel, cause they really, you know, there's all kinds of Marvel stuff in there. Um, or if you're just into card games, like Marvel Champions is awesome. It's a great, great game. Now, is there a specific uh, set or bundle that you recommend picking up if you want to get started? You pretty much, you have to get the Marvel Champions like starter box. And okay. um, it's, I think you can, I got it on Amazon for like 45. Usually it runs anywhere from like 40 to 60, depending. Um, and you get uh, Iron Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, uh, She-Hulk, and I'm forgetting one more Spider-Man are in there. And then there's a couple of villains to fight. Then they give you all the tokens and like the hit point dials and all that. And it walks you through how to play it has a great tutorial. I mean, there's tons of videos on YouTube as well, um, but it really walks you through um, how to play it. And the cool thing is like when you fight the villains, either in that box set or like they'll put out, like I bought the green goblin deck. So it comes with two different scenarios of the green goblin. You can take, they have like to his specific deck, you can add modifiers to it. So I can go to that basic, box set the starter box and take out like a bomb scare set that's like five separate cards and shuffle that into his deck so as i'm playing what is like the new green goblin suddenly you flip over a bomb scare card that was actually in that starter deck so you can make it different every time you play it um and so that's what's kind of cool like you can you know just say okay well i'm gonna fight rhino again but every time you fight rhino his deck is totally different because you can add in customize in all these modifiers from all these other sets and every set that comes out you can put those cards into old sets that you have and I don't know. It's, it's real. I've never played a game like, like they call it a living card game. And I guess there's like a Lord of the Rings one. 
Um, there may be a Star Wars one too, and then there's some other one. Uh, I think it's called Arkham Horror. It's not Batman Arkham, but it's another one. But there are other games like this, but I had never heard of it until this. And um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I will definitely have to check that out. So why was the decision made to end Guardian Radio in 2019? <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big one, man. Um, I mean, you could go back. The, the last episode is still out there, so people can go hear that. Um, but, you know, it just came from just, I think, a lack of passion in the game anymore you know like i was still having fun doing the show and it was really about getting together i mean at the time it was just myself k-dub and mesa sean were the the only co-hosts doing the show at the time and i mean i mean believe me i loved hanging out with those guys every week loved the community that we built and i mean that was really the saddest thing about ending it was the community you know leaving the community out there to just be kind of left dry um with you know our community that we had built um, but it just came from, you know, everything that I, I do, if I'm not passionate about something, I just, I don't know, I just, I can't give it my all. I, I don't feel like um, I should try to force myself to be that way. And that was kind of where I was with Destiny at the time, as much as I enjoyed, like I said, doing the show itself, playing Destiny, the passion just wasn't there as much anymore. And I said, you know what, we've kind of, we've done our thing, you know, like you guys mentioned, you started your show because of Guardian Radio. I hear that, like a lot, like a lot of people and not just destiny podcast i hear a lot of people saying like hey i never knew a podcast worked till i heard guardian radio and so i went and started my own or i discovered all these other shows and like looking at what guardian radio kind of did from that aspect it's like man we did it like i i did a show that was just you know kind of a shot in the dark took off kind of inspired a lot of people to either do their own shows get into content creation um, see what a gaming community could be because and part of that wasn't even really our doing i mean the community really just kind of organically grew around the show um but i was just like man like what 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 else is there for us to do with it and because you know the passion was just kind of waning you know we were never in it for the money or anything like that you know i know there's you know podcasters that get into it saying like i'm gonna do a podcast and i'm gonna make a bunch of money that was never the intentions at all for me ever getting into any podcasting at all and then party radio it never really was ever i mean any money we raised all went back to us flying to guardian con and paying for that expensive booth at guardian con, like all that stuff, it funneled, funneled right back into it. Um, and so just cause the passion wasn't there as much, it was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm into all these other things, you know, cause I was doing at the time, the enthusiast life, I was doing that show with my buddy, Chris, who was one of the original co-hosts of guardian radio. And we were talking about comics and movies and I was passionate about all those things. And I was like, well, you know what, maybe, it, maybe it's time. And, uh, you know, I talked to Kate up and Mesa and they were on board as well. You know, they were kind of feeling it too. And, um, so we just decided to go off into the sunset and have that be it. Now I know it shocked a lot of people. I'll, I'll never forget, man. I was at work and, uh, I told Kate, Evan, Sean, I was like, it was like five o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever it was. I was like, I'm going to put the tweet out at this time. And there was uh, one of my texts at work. I was like, watch this. And I just hit the button and it took like 30 seconds and my phone just exploded because <laughs> the tweet, the tweet just said like, after, you know, X amount of years of, you know, broadcasting from the tower, tune in this Thursday to the final episode of guardian radio or something and like shock waves. And it was just like, and, and it, yeah. it took probably 10 minutes and Deej was texting me like, you guys are done. Like it, it hit Bungie even quick too. It was just like, yeah, man, like it's just, it's time. Yeah. It's time. And it, uh, it was hard. I mean, when you listen back to that, that last episode, man, the, the, the last, the latter half of the episode, cause I did a portion by myself. We did kind of like a final show with me, Kate, Evan, Sean. And then I did like a 10 minute bit of me. It was like 
I don't know, maybe, you know, one o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning. And I recorded that. I remember just like cracking a beer open and being just like, I hope this is the right decision. You know, I hope I don't regret this in a week. And, and, you know, there's been times, I don't want to say that I ever regretted it, but it was like, man, like it would have been so much fun to be talking about this on Guardian Radio right now, or, you know, from afar, you see, you know, Guardian Con, which you know, we can still go to Guardian Con, of course, which I've ta- been taught, actually almost went to the last one. Well, last year's we were potentially going to go to um, with the 501st, which if, if you guys know, I'm part of that. That's the Star Wars costuming group I'm a part of. Um, Swain from Crucible Radio, he's building a, a Commander Cody clone trooper. And so him and I were talking to Kevin about, I said, you know, maybe I can get the 501 to have a booth there. And then, you know, Swain and I could just walk around and people would know it's us, like these old Destiny podcasters kind of walking around in Star Wars, you know, uniforms might be kind of fun to do. Um, but, um, you know, when I would see Guardian Con, it's like, man, like we, we're not doing it this year or, you know, last year or the last one that we weren't a part of. I was like, we're not doing it because we're not a show anymore. It's just not, not our place to do. And so I had small regrets then, but other than that, I'm just, I'm in a good place now doing what I'm doing. I built a nice community with the enthusiast life and, you know, I could just talk about whatever I want, you know, whatever is I'm playing at the moment or, you know, every Wednesday I'm doing a Loki spoiler cast or whatever the latest Marvel show is. I'm doing spoiler cast for those. The latest Star Wars shows, so Bad Batch every Friday I'm doing a spoiler cast. And um, it's just been a lot of fun, man. Just kind of what I'm doing right now. So it's always been a hobby for me. You know, it's never been about I need to build this up to this big, huge thing. Because, I mean, let's face it. And, and it's it's always kind of been the hard thing for me is I'm a pharmacist. You know, I'm, I'm, I went to school. I got my doctorate. So, like, the, the idea of me being able to do this as a profession it would take a lot, right, for me to be able to do it. And, you know, one of the hardest things for me, this is something kind of behind the scenes, was um, both when Cosmo was hired and when Dylan were hired, um, I had long conversations with my wife because those jobs came up. And multiple times I had conversations with folks, you know, about like, you, you know, this you could be community manager. That could be a job you could do, you know. And it's like I think back to, and I mentioned Cosmo and Dylan, both were part of that group. We were all contracted to work with Bungie at that E3. And so I see both those guys getting hired and it's like, man, like I would have loved to have, do, to have done that. But just like the place I am in, in my life, I just couldn't, you know, I, I can't fly to the way, move to the West coast. You know, I have two kids. I have yeah. family here in the Carolinas now. And then again, I'm a pharmacist and, and not to say, fi- you know, money is everything, but financially just, it just, it wouldn't make sense other than me just chasing that dream, I guess, of what it is, you know, that, that, that I had then. And then I honestly like, I don't really have that dream anymore, man. It's just, just where I am now. I'm, I'm totally content right now doing what I'm doing right now, which is, which is awesome. So I, I don't, I'm, I just keep going on here, guys. I'm sorry to just keep rambling here about all kinds of things in the podcast. It's like my therapy session here. It's crazy. But. <laughs> you said some pretty profound things like doing your podcast and then really losing that passion because you've been doing it for 280 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Man. And yeah. Uh, you know, unless you're in those shoes, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been for you to one, make that decision because the longer you do it, the harder it gets. I can only imagine. Well, it's, like, it's a lifestyle, man. Like that was the thing. It was like my hobby for, I mean, I told you I started in 07. So it was like I'm ending Guardian Radio. But see, that was the thing too. I had the enthusiast life still going. So I knew like I was stepping away from Guardian Radio but I still had the enthusiast life. So I really wasn't stopping podcasting only, only once have I ever been completely done with podcasting. And it was a short little, like three month gap. It was when we left a and went to game insider and that was it. Other than that, I've always been podcasting. And 
you know, part of me even still sometimes thinks like, should I still be doing the enthusiast life? Like, yeah, I'm still enjoying, which I am like, I'm totally enjoying doing it, but there's been times where it's like, do I really want to keep doing this? But then, you know, I do that show and, and I have somebody tweet me or my community, you know, somebody in, in our Patreon and the discords, you know, we just start chatting. I'm like, of course I want it, man. This is so much fun. Like I enjoy doing it. And so that's where the show I'm doing now, a uh, 15 to 20 minute show, five days a week is like, sure. It seems like a lot because it's five days, but because it's just me, it's, it's just me, man. So it's me just talking about whatever I'm enthusiast, enthusiastic about, you know, it's in the title of the, of the show. And if some people, it's almost, I keep joking with people. It's almost like a plug is what I'm calling it. It's not a vlog, like a video vlog. It's a podcast log, you know, of me just kind of the things that I'm excited about in the moment. Um, and so I've just continued doing, but when I was stepping away from guardian radio, the biggest hurdle or the thing that I was going to lose there was potentially, you know, the friends of that community going away and the, every Monday night recording like that went away where, you know, that was our, the routine for how many years of every, every week getting together and doing that show. And, and, you know, uh, uh, outcome of it is look, I don't really play destiny anymore. I lost that raid group. I lost that group that I'll play with. Cause we all just kind of stopped. Um, and so that was kind of the, out, the fallout of that, you know, had I continued doing it, we probably still would be playing all the time. Right. But, um, but we're not, and that's just kind of is what it is, I guess. It's uh, pretty great when you can play a game for so many years and really enjoy it and build the relationships. And I mean, to create a podcast around it, who would have even thought, right? <laughs> yeah. It's so many yeah. amazing, amazing opportunities that come your way with that. You get to meet some really cool people. Um, but it's it's also tough to podcast about the same thing for 280 yeah. episodes, I can imagine. <laughs> you guys will learn. <laughs> so many conversations you can have, and I'm starting to learn that after 75 now. But uh, we always meet so many amazing people. And right. the beautiful thing about this community is that there's so many content creators who are doing so many awesome things. So yep. there's so many people to meet in this community, and I think that makes it really cool and special. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things about destiny, man. I've always said it. It's podcast gold. There's always, you know, a twab every week. So you always got something there at least to talk about. There's people creating content from every angle possible from people doing news, YouTube videos to people doing, you know, just streamers to people creating art, people diving into the lore. I mean, there's always something with destiny. You can hell, you can even just talk about the drama of destiny, right? There's always drama. Like it's podcast gold, man. So yeah, there, there's always something. I think for me, it was our show had become so much about just reading through the twab, you know, and uh, us kind of, you know, BSing on the show and having fun and all that, which of course was fun. But I was just done. Like when you mentioned get, getting things, getting old, talking about the same thing, you can only talk about, you know, shotgun range going from, you know, five feet to four feet so often, or, you know, the, of the, the melee range of a warlock or the, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to say, the the ammo clip of something. I just, I was kind of done with that. Cause that was the thing with guardian radio, man, was it was really two shows. There was the initial, initial batch of the show before the game came out, which was a year and a half of speculation. Once the game came out, the show immediately had to shift. It had to become that let's talk about the details now, right? It was no longer what this game could be. It was, this is what the game is. And sure, we rode that for a long time, you know, but, but that's part of the reason the cast switched. It was just me. You know, I was the only one that was really left there at the end. You know, that original first episode was me, my buddy Chris, who I did The Enthusiast Life with, Derek from Game Insider, uh, our buddy Patrick Watts, and that was it. It was just four of us. Craig came on maybe episode six or seven. 
wife came in around episode maybe 13 or 14. And then that road really until the game pretty much came out. And then it switched over, you know, people kind of fell off kind of throughout that. And then Bell came in and then K-Dub came in and then you know, eventually Sean came in. And that was just really just, we had to, we had to change the show because, you know, if people really weren't, let's say, enjoying the game, some of those original cast members, they can't come on every week because they just have no interest in it. Um, and, you know, for me, it was more like, hey, the show is just taking off, man. And I was having so much fun doing it. I was like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. And so, you know, I totally built a new cast with the show. We had to. Um, and other shows like spun off from that, didn't it? I think. Yeah. Taken. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was we, we did ghost it. stories. Was it ghost stories? Yeah. That was, was all that? Craig. Cause, cause yeah. Craig was like, I mentioned with marathon was big into the terminals and all that uh, in, yeah. in marathon and even halo and uh, was huge in the grimoire. And so he did. Yeah. That we kind of did our own little audio drama. And then he started doing the uh, audio grimoire. And um, yeah, cause back then, I mean, think about it, the grimoire, you could only read them on the website. That was yeah. it. You could, they weren't even in game. You had to go to the bungee.net to read the grimoire. Like that it was such a crazy thing back then, but that was what you had to do. And so Craig was like, Hey, let's bring these out to people. And we did the audio grimoire, which is cool. Um, and you can still find those. I think if you, you search, uh, is it, yeah, is it ghost stories? It's out there. I forget what it was called. Um, but you can find that. I think that's still up on iTunes. Craig had that up there. So yeah. our little, we did our, our own little audio drama. Um, and I played an EXO in that, um, and it was a guy who basically like his fear, he hears his family getting killed and he finds a way to upload his conscience into a machine to basically become an EXO. And we didn't know at the time. I mean, isn't that essentially what EXOs are now? Isn't it the consciousness of real people? Right. I mean, I'm not totally up on my lore anymore, yeah. but it, isn't that I think it? So, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of like, we're talking about that then when we didn't even know that, like this was, I want to say even probably before destiny came out, we did the first couple episodes of that. And, um, Oh, we through the grimoire and everything online. Right. And just, yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. So what was it like those first few episodes after the game launched? Like, <laughs> how, what did it feel like? Like I felt like a kid in a candy store because oh, hell yeah. I had never experienced anything like this game offered. Like, yeah. you know, when it first came out. Me neither, man. I mean, the closest thing was I played a little bit of wow, um, but never got real big in a rating or anything like that. And then I think the next game would have been borderlands. And if you listen to those early episodes of Gar Gar uh, guardian radio, that's what we were saying was like, maybe this will be like borderlands, you know, with all this loot and all that. And it pretty much, you know, it obviously isn't, isn't borderlands, but it met those, check marks that I needed it to, you know, where you're going on these missions and you're just coming across guardians in this open area. And, you know, the idea of going to the social space in the tower was just so cool. And I mean, the thing that really blew my mind really was the raid was the vaults of glass. Like I never, because I never raided in wow, I knew of raids, but I never experienced one. And my first run on vault of glass, like totally opened my eyes to what destiny could be, you know, what, what a raid could be of, what do you mean? There's six of us and we all kind of have to do our own thing. We all have to do it in coordination together to get through this boss. Like, what do you mean? I don't just shoot the boss. Like I, I just, it never really, I never wrapped my head around that until we did that first run and it just blew my mind, man. And that was where I was hooked, man. And you know, that's kind of even led to now I play, you know, I became huge into final fantasy 14 over the last like two years now. And um, I love, you know, the, the dungeons, the rating in that with, with the mechanics and, you know, Elder Scrolls Online, now a lot of their dungeons are kind of putting mechanics in it. Like, I love that stuff. Um, it's so awesome, you know, to to have that social experience in games. And uh, Destiny was really, outside of, like, PvP, it was really my first, like, PvE 
experience that I really committed myself to with, you know, playing through with other people. Um, yeah. Even WoW, I, remember, I never had anybody yeah. really to play WoW with. I never had friends that really played WoW. I played WoW and even like the original Fantasy Star Online I played, but I didn't have a lot of friends that played. So it was always me just playing with pickup groups. You know, I was never on the mics coordinating like that. I never did any of that. So it just was awesome to be able to do that. I remember the drop rates being like so stingy too back in yep. Middle of Destiny. Like getting that first legendary weapon, you know, it's just grind, grind, grind to get that weapon. Yep. That's like, I think like it was like Unfriendly Giant was like my first like legendary. It was it was the legendary <laughs> rocket launcher from the Vanguard, and I was just like, oh my god, I finally got a legendary. Yep. You know, and and then when I started Vogue, I was taking like blue weapons in there. You know, it's like until I got enough legendary marks to get Shadow Price yeah um, you know and it was just like man and that's all you could get for that week it's like man i have just enough legendary marks to just buy this one weapon yeah but I, i'm gonna use the hell you're out gonna of this do weapon. it man yeah that's yeah. right yep yeah and it's well, like it's, yeah and shadow price and i missed the gallerhorn that first week when yeah. Jess, when yeah. Zero i didn't have enough it. to buy it either man i didn't get it that first week either nope didn't yeah. get it till i had a drop i think it was like in probably december maybe it finally dropped for me um but yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, many of us, I don't know, use the loot cave. I mean, that was a big deal, obviously, when, oh, yeah. <laughs> when that was out. So we, we got many drops from that. But for me, my first run in Vault of Glass, I got the Vision of Confluence, which became like my favorite weapon or one of my favorite, like legendary that's, weapons. That's my favorite. Yep. Love it, man. Like scout rifles, dude. Yep. I always played scout rifles, but I always would run like that and Icebreaker, where my, like, every week that was my nightfall run. Yes. But like talking about it being stingy, like, that's one of the things I loved about vanilla destiny. Yeah, and look, same. I, I was, I had the luxury of having the podcast. And so I always had people to run the raid with. So a lot of people didn't have that. So I under, I, you know, it was always kind of hard at that time to understand like people complaining, like, Oh, I'm never going to hit level 30. But damn man, when you hit level 30 and you finally had those boots dropped that you needed to be able to be level 30 and you could walk in that tower and you were no longer like the forever 29. That was <laughs> like, the greatest thing ever dude like people knew where you got that from they knew what you did and it was the best feeling in the world and like nothing from like i still say to this day like i think d1 year one is my favorite time in destiny as much as the taken king i love the taken king as well but year one was just because it was such a weird game we didn't know everything they were changing like things were always changing and it felt like it was our own. Like we, like we were kind of in on the secret, like everybody didn't know it yet. And it wasn't until the taking King came out when everybody started playing it again. And it was like, (laughs) all right, well now there's all, you know, everybody knows about destiny and it's, it's great, but it just, that first year was just so awesome. I I don't think they really knew what they had. You know, they didn't know that this community was going to devour like this game. Like like we did, you know, and it's just, it was such a special time. Like you said, the mystique, you know, getting these like new weapons, you know, just walking into the world and hearing that score play, you know, and it's like, man, just getting lost in that and playing with your friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just playing the vault of glass, like you said, for the first time. And uh, man, man, like I love that day that Crota dropped and we all kind of ran through that first bit and there's, Hive just <laughs> throwing themselves at us. We're like, what the hell is happening? Like, it was just, I don't know. There was so much fun that first year. Um, I loved it, man. Destiny year one was just great. Have you got that exotic 
vendor thing. Sorry, Gordon. Just really quick. When you got that exotic thing to pop up on your screen with a vendor v- missive or something, when it was like a one for like Thorn or Bad Juju, yeah, you know, yep. it, it was just like pop up automatically after you turned in like so many bounties, and then like oh my god, exo- I can choose like Thorn now. Yep. Yeah, I can get one yep. of these exotic weapons now. Finally, so yeah, it was it was cool, and and it's like the helmet was the thing I needed. So when I got, I got the helmet to get, you know, but then you needed the Ascended Shards. So it's like, oh, I got it. But I have to like use all these Ascended Shards now to like level it up and stuff. (laughs) I think in Vanilla Destiny, we also had one of the best uh, seasonal pieces of content with the Queen's Wrath. And that only came around once. Yeah, that was it. And that was so much fun. And I, I wish they brought back more content like that. And I'm not sure if they realized that it was just too difficult for them to produce on a consistent basis. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. And, and I don't know if you want to go into this now. You put this on the rundown. I mean, we're already an hour and a half in. I've been talking like crazy. Um, but the idea of a subscription, and I know a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, I'm not going to pay a monthly fee for Destiny. But you know what? If you did, you probably could get more content like that right? That's what MMOs do, man. You pay that money. It's, it's a steady stream for the developers that they know they can count on and they can put teams to continue to build content like that. I mean, really right now, essentially people are paying a monthly fee. They just don't realize it by buying the seasons. I mean, you are, you're not paying $10 a month, but you're paying what? $3 and 33 cents a month. Cause you're paying $10 for a season, right? Is that, is that what the season is? I mean, you get the discount with the price, yeah. but so you are, but it's like if you were paying that 10 or $15 like people do in WoW or Final Fantasy, you may get a little bit more and you would get events like that. Um, I understand people's hesitancy to do that, though. Um, and I, I was one of those people for the longest time, but it wasn't until I kind of, after Guardian Radio, I went into WoW for a little bit. And then um, the two games, really, the two MMOs that I've, I mean, I've really become a big MMO player since leaving Guard- or Destiny and ending Guardian Radio is Final Fantasy 14. I've played all the way through, totally caught up on that. It took me God, almost 300 hours. It's ridiculous to get to that point. And, and I urge people, believe me, it is incredible that game, the story where that goes. But um, I had no problem paying for that or for Elder Scrolls Online because what you get, you get what you pay for in those games, man. Like you get access in Elder Scrolls Online to every expansion content drop they've put out. You can buy them piecemeal, you pay 15 bucks a month, you get all of it, except for they do do the big drop every year. Of, so like Blackwood just came out or um gray more was last year you buy that for 40 dollars, and then you just have your monthly fee but you get access to everything you get experience boosts you get a uh endless like crafting bag so if anybody's ever if you never played elder scrolls online probably played skyrim or one of those games you're constantly picking up little trash stuff you know like cheese wheels you always hear the people in, in skyrim having a bazillion cheese wheels in their bag you have an endless bag in that if you're a monthly player in Elder Scrolls Online, and it like makes the world a difference. As someone who plays that game, I gladly will pay $15 a month for that crafting bag because it just makes your life so much easier of not having to go through your inventory. And people that play Destiny, you guys know your vault space, right? People are always complaining about vault space. What if that was included in your monthly fee? Unlimited vault space. That I would, would pay that in a heartbeat. You would, because that yeah, would just be a would. simple quality of life thing. It's stupid, I know, but it's, believe me, if it's a game you commit yourself to, you will be all in on that. Um, so I've always been a proponent of, like, give a monthly fee, man, because I think it would bring better content. I do. And um, all they have to do is say, look, 10 bucks a month, 99 bucks a year, 
And the diehard fans will pay that, right? Because we want to support the game. We want to see the game be more sustainable. And I think that there's a lot of hesitation to go that route because of the success of games like uh, Fortnite and Apex with microtransactions. So that's why we're seeing a little bit more of that with what we're getting with the content and being able to um, customize your armor, which to me, it was a little bit of a disappointment that they kind of put that all behind the paywall with the transmog. Uh, It's something that we wanted for a really long time. And I feel like they could have probably changed that system, but that's a whole nother conversation to be had. But on a slightly different topic, Mark, what would you say are your top five games of all time? I know you're a gamer overall, not just Destiny or Halo. Top five, man. You know, <laughs> I saw this on there and like, I can never come up with my top five. Like I just, um, I mean, Shadow Price, you mentioned oh. Super Metroid earlier. It's yeah, it, man. Like, it's, 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 yeah. it's one it's of the best surprise. Metroidvanias. No, man, it's the game that created the Metroidvania. Like, it exactly. is the game, man. That is just yep. that game. When that I came remember out, getting Nintendo. that game in 1994, oh. too. And I, just, I remember going to the store and buying the original Metroid and just being blown away by that. And you oh, know, putting yeah. in the old Justin Bailey code, and he, she, you know, at the time I didn't, we didn't know it was Samus. I just thought it was a guy in a suit. And she takes the helmet off, and I'm like, "What? No, you go to school the next day, like blowing my mind, like, oh my god, this is crazy." Um, Nintendo basically, they, I think they modeled that game after the Alien movie, like, they did. I, yeah. like Aliens that came out in 1986. You know, Alien original came out in 1979, but I think they modeled it after that Alien movie and Ripley, you know, and then you know Samus. You know, yep. a woman and everything. So I probably that, that really one cool. that is either one or two and it, it constantly shifts. Um, but I always, it always pretty much goes back to one is breath of the wild. Um, mm, that game, yes. I mean, as an, as a Nintendo kid, I mean, I got, I remember six years old and whatever year it was 87, getting that NES as a kid for Christmas and getting yeah. super or super Mario brothers. And, and that, I mean, that Mario is on my list too, just probably, well, we'll talk about that in a second, but like Zelda just completely captured me of like going on this quest and the intrigue. And I remember just pouring over the manuals like they don't make video game manuals really anymore. But like as a kid, that was the only way we could take the games with us on the road was to have the manual or have the Nintendo power. And so I remember just going through that manual and there was a picture of Link standing on like a plateau looking out over Hyrule. And I remember just like daydreaming that about that. Yeah. And here flash forward you know 30 years later or whatever it was they made that game that was in everybody's head back then in breath of the wild like everything you could imagine as a kid what you could do by just looking at that picture or what you wanted to do you could do that in breath of the wild like it, it is the ultimate sandbox with an incredible story if you want it you don't even have to chase a story i mean you there's speed runs of people obviously with link just with a stick going in <laughs> finishing the game or you can go around and you know find all the little points that'll give you the story cut scenes and all that and it's just it's such a well it's world it, it, game, yeah. man. it is yeah. so good um so it, it's always up there probably as, as my number one um i mean halo halo 2 is always in my mind like the one that i have the most nostalgia for because of xbox live and just i think that out of all of them was the one i played the most like in college and that that was the one we were just playing because even at that time i had moved down here to the carolinas after graduating college and halo 3 wasn't out yet so i that's how i kept in touch with my buddies but of all the halos i think halo 3 now especially playing a lot of master chief collection i think 3 is my favorite like 
I like Reach, the story of Reach. I like the gameplay of Reach, but the like the multiplayer side of it. But I, I still don't like the bloom on the DMR. I hate it, and like the armor abilities, just I don't know. So I'm one of those people that's like throw armor abilities out. Like I don't mind Sprint in Halo Four, Halo Five. I'm all down for that, but as long as it's an even playing field. But when you put things like that in reach and someone has armor lock, someone has sprint, someone has invisibility. I hate that. Like, I just, I don't like that. So halo three to me is the best halo three multiplayer or halo multiplayer. It's just my favorite, man. And I've been playing actually a lot of master chief collection over the last couple months and kind of falling back in love with that. So um, that's a franchise that I love. Um, I probably would put now having played, I mentioned it earlier, final fantasy 14 Dude, that game is just, it's awesome. And I'm sure you guys have heard so many people say that. And if and you've ever tried to play it, broken too, that game totally launched. Broke. Totally yeah. broke, man. But that's the thing. They built that into the story. The game yeah. launched busted. They, it went away and it came back as, oh my God, this giant meteorite is falling from the sky and a giant dragon comes out and blew up the whole world. <laughs> here's Final Fantasy 14 Reborn. And even then, yeah. a Realm Reborn. And even then, that first year was very rough. All the quests are somewhat hard. And that's why the game is hard to get into. Cause it's just, you got to kind of slog through those first 55 levels. So you get to heaven's ward, but once you get there, dude, that story just kicks off and it's kind of weird to be talking about an MMO and its story. But, and if you're somebody who likes destiny with mechanics in like raids and dungeons and that, like that is what 14, all of the dungeons, it's 70 some odd dungeons or whatever it has in all its raids. It's all about mechanics and it is so much fun. So satisfying. Um, and the story, like I said, is just incredible. I can't wait for Endwalker. Like I'm sitting here just waiting for that game to come out in December. Um, and then, uh, I mean, just, you know, Skyrim, I mean, I'm a huge Elder Scrolls guy. So Skyrim, I oh, think yeah, is, Skyrim. is the epitome of, of, uh, the Elder Scrolls. I mean, Elder Scrolls online, I still love it and play it just cause I, I love that lore. I love the, the world, um, of, uh, of Tamriel, but, uh, you know, Skyrim still is just one of the greatest RPGs of all time. I mean, it's fantastic. Um, and then I would probably throw in the mass effect series, probably two and three. I mean, three, obviously where it ends, but two is just an incredible game, especially playing those again now with the legendary edition. And I mean, I'm going on here with a bunch of games, guys. I know I'm going past five, but another game that actually snuck into my top three here over the last couple of years that I never would have thought it would is Marvel Spider-Man. Dude, I'm a huge comic book fan. That game is everything I would want out of a Spider-Man game, out of an action game, out of a Spider-Man story. I was literally in tears at the end of that game and Miles Morales just took it to the next level. And so when I say Spider-Man, it's both of those games. They're incredible. So that's the shadow price. That's where my, my worry right now with Metroid is, is I really want to play guardians of the galaxy too, dude. And it's right around that time. And I'm like, do I pick up guardians? Do I pick up Metroid? Do I pick up both? And then which do I play first? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, it's a conundrum, like all the games that are launching like this year, you know, I feel like oh, we're getting so a, much a good it's swap game. Yeah. Did you guys did you play Spider-Man? Have you guys played Spider-Man? I have not so, played it yet. I have it. Um, dude, I mean, yeah. are you, if you're, are you comic book fans? I love I, comic books. And, and I'm telling you, man, if you're a Marvel fan, that game is like, it is amazing. Like the, the universe, like they're their own, Mar like there's the MCU, which we have the movies. They're they they are creating their own Spider Verse in the uh, video games, and it's incredible. All the the acting is great. The story is like just so well written. And I'm telling you, man, if you 
didn't shed a tear at the end of that game, something is wrong with you. <laughs> like, I mean, I was literally just had like tears in my eyes, like, oh my God, crying at this video game. It's crazy, but it's, it's awesome. It's great. PS4 version, but I, I want to get the PS5 version, you know, because uh, I hear it plays a lot better. Oh, it does. Like and a yeah. lot higher frame rate. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm probably waiting for that. I'll probably, you know, wait till like Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but seriously, do it. Like I mean, the, the only issue with the first game is it has these small little like puzzle mini games in there that kind of slow down the pace a little bit, but they took those out with Miles and um, they're not, they're not hard or anything, but it just kind of slows the pace of the story because it's, and it's one of those games where like, I don't, I'm not usually someone who completes everything. Like when I play Assassin's Creed, I'm not doing every side quest. I'm not going to every little note on my map. You know, I mean, Ubisoft is known for that. Every, even Far Cry, every one of their games, there's stuff all over the maps. Spider-Man has that, but you, you want to do all those things. <laughs> like you can't help yeah. but be like, because everything you do, you're rewarded with, even if it's just like a little soundbite of like, you know, hey, go find this, you know, thing that's, that Peter had hidden in the corner and you go underneath a bridge and he webbed up his backpack and he pulls it out and he you'll just hear him say like oh that's my gym clothes you know my dirty gym clothes that i hid there because i, I you know i had to go fight the vulture and that's when the vulture blah blah and, or you know he says whatever and it's like man this game was made by marvel fans for marvel fans it is just it's perfect i love it man it's so good and it's nice that sony like owns like insomniac now basically so it's like yeah totally yeah definitely creating the next one um yep the spider-man 2 or whatever they're gonna call it yeah i'm sure which please give us i want to be playing with miles man i hope we get both which that's the thing co-op i'm not gonna say it'll break the game it'll make the game different i mean i have a feeling we're gonna get that uh or at the least at least i'm sure we'll be jumping between both characters just just don't avengers it right don't avengers it you know what dude (laughs) i love i really enjoy the campaign of avengers I'm going to be yeah. honest. I'm, so I check into that game when they do the story beats because they're also building an awesome Marvel video game universe as well. Like, I can't wait for when Wakanda drops. Like, that stuff, it's cool. I think the problem with Marvel's Avengers is as much fun as it is and, and you know, every character plays so different. It's great. I mean, you just feel like you're the Hulk. You feel like you're Iron Man. It, that game gets very repetitive. So I dip into it for the story stuff. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, man, I want to go fly around as Iron Man and I'll run like a mission or two, but I dip out. I'm not as, you know, there is a community of people who play that game like destiny. They're all into, you know, running the gear and getting all that stuff. But, um, I haven't been able to find myself as much as I wanted it to be that it's, it's not, but they didn't still an incredible job at creating those characters. Like their, their move sets. You feel like they all play so different. Like when you play captain America, he is just, when you're hitting people, like it is visceral, feels great throwing that shield and then like punching a couple of people catching the shield and slamming the shield down. Or if you're Iron Man, it plays like, just like Anthem. Did you guys play Anthem? I mean, that was the Iron Man simulator. You played just, it's like the same <laughs> yeah, controls, man. You, you take off as Iron Man, you're flying around, you quickly halt yourself in the air, shoot a couple missiles down, you know, shoot a blast over there, land down, and then you do a couple punches and then he'll like, you know, take his repulsor and shoot it behind his back at the guy behind you. And like, it all just flows so well and looks so good, but it just gets, a little bit repetitive, you know, the, <laughs> the hooks to keep you playing weekend day in, day out are just really aren't there. So uh, I'm hoping they can figure that out. Cause that game has a lot of potential for the way it plays, but um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I would be it curious to see how these games would play in VR because mm-hmm. like they had Iron Man, they released in VR, which was actually a really cool. It was good. Yeah. Cool game. Yep. And uh, they're going to be releasing a new PSVR 2, and the technology will be advancing in the very near future. So it's going to be really interesting to see how 
all of this advances with VR as well. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, one game that did VR great was Squadrons. I don't know if you guys played, you know, Star Wars Squadrons. I mean, it really is. It is arcadey, but it, there is a lot of still flight sim. If you're not good at fly, flying, there is, you know, a little bit you kind of got to get used to with it. Um, but that game in VR, even on PSVR, is awesome. I mean, you're looking around oh, the cockpit. Box, basically, does it feel like yeah. a Star Fox like type kind yeah. of Yeah, it's cool yeah, as hell. Right, kind of like Star, Star Fox, yeah. Nice. Yep, it's Very really cool. neat. And I think it's, isn't it the PlayStation Plus game this month or next month? It, it might is. be. I think it's this month. So if you haven't played Star Wars Squadrons and you got PlayStation Plus, go get it. It's yours. And you don't even have to play it in VR. You can play it without oh, yeah, VR no. as well. Nope. So, Mark, what were some challenges that you faced with running a podcast for 280 episodes with Guardian Radio? Um, I mean, the biggest challenge was, um, I think, having the cast as big of a cast as we had, you know, at one point we had six co-hosts. I mean, I would never tell people to ever have that ever in a million years. Cause it's just, you know, scheduling, which I mean, that was the one thing too, is we were able to all say like, this is the day we do it. You know, consistency is huge when it comes to a podcast. So, um, you know, you guys, you do this every Thursday night at seven. Is that your routine? Like keep it that way. You know, sure. You have those little outliers every once in a while, but keeping consistency is the way to go. Um, so in the beginning, you know, that was a little bit of a hurdle of trying to get everybody, especially as new cast members came on, trying to get them like, this is the date. But that's what I kind of said in the beginning. It was like, you got to commit to this day and time. Like, this is when we do it. Of course, if you miss a couple of shows here and there, that's fine. But this is when we do it. Um, so that was a hurdle. Um, you know, another hurdle, I think, was always the, um, you know, just trying to spread the word, I guess. You know, every podcast kind of has, that, especially early on, you know, you can't just go in every forums and or Reddit and post things because, you know, moderators will take that stuff down. So it's hard when you're starting a new podcast to kind of get the word out. Um, you know, that's always a hurdle. Um, personally, it took me a little while, um, probably about the first maybe six, seven months, even maybe a year to get beyond the, I don't want to say jealousy, but the idea of like, we're the Destiny podcast. There should be no other Destiny podcast. Like, what do you mean? Like, we're the show. You know, no, there should be no other ones. And, you know, those guys are the enemy. Like, it take took me a while to do that because I had never been in that position. You know, I'd always done a general gaming podcast. And sure, those were a dime a dozen back then, too. But at this point, it was like, no, we're the, we're the Destiny podcast. Um, so it took me a little bit to get beyond that. But then it was like, it, I won't even say it was a year. It was probably just maybe, probably six months because there was a couple that kind of came out maybe six months after that. So when those first couple came out, it was like, man, what is going to be these other shows? And you know, all our listeners are going to go away. That was just kind of the way my mind was thinking. But then I realized like, well, no, wait a minute. If we invite those them on and we all become friends and we build the community, like I just, I didn't have the site, you know, back then to see that. And then of course, I mean, obviously, you know, it didn't take too long. And then immediately it was like, yeah, let's invite the guys on from this podcast. Let's invite these YouTubers on. Let's invite these Twitch streamers on. Like that just became the way to, uh, uh, an avenue to build a show that, you know, stingy me years ago, never, you know, wouldn't have seen that. So um, that was a hurdle. And so that's something that I would tell people, like when you're starting out, don't ever look at anybody else as, you know, your, your competition. It's always good to see what they're doing maybe, or, or you know, listen in and kind of take, um, you know, uh, some cues from what they're doing, see what works, see what could work on your show. Um, but always, I say, even reach out to them because everybody is kind of in this together, you know, especially in a community like the destiny community, everybody, or one big community, man. I mean, no other community raises as much money as this community or does as many charitable things, right? I mean, this community is insane for that. 
Um, sure, there are outliers that, you know, maybe want to do their own thing and don't like to give people help. But, you know, that was one of the things very early on that I took a, took a minute for me to get over. But once I did, it was like, I don't want to be like that. You know, I want to be show people that this community can be different and our podcast can be different. And, you know, that that was the way we rolled. And, and you know, I hope to the very end, people always saw that and realized that, you know, there never was, you know, any um, animosity or anything. I know, I know the one animosity that everybody thought was there, but had no clue um, with us was with, uh, you know, DCP. That was something that always people were like, oh, you guys are like, you know, you talk to Pope. It's like, yeah, man. Like we we're Pope Pope goes back to like the early days of Guardian Radio. Guardian Radio, there was something called the Guardian Radio Network. And Pope did a podcast on the Guardian Radio Network with as the Dads of Destiny podcast was we hosted his show. And when they left and they I he went to play Destiny, it had nothing yeah. to do with animosity. It was like the Dads of Destiny podcast, they were just done. And Pope had another avenue and he went and did it. And it's like awesome, man. Like that's great. So it was just like, you know, that, that it was just I always tell people that, like, don't ever, you know, look at people as competition, like just roll with it, man. Like that's, you know, your audience, your audience will come. And, you know, if you're, I don't want to say if your show is good enough, but you're always going to find somebody that's going to want to listen and you're going to find those fans and embrace those people, you know, embrace, you know, even if your show only gets 20, 30 listeners, that's 20, 30 listeners, man, of, of strangers. You don't know who care about what you are talking about. Embrace that, you know, you're, you're doing your show for them. And always remember that. And, um, you know, if you always look at it that way, I, I think you'll, you'll find nothing but success for yourself. And, you know, success can be measured on so many different levels, but, um, I think you'll just find success in, in that and, and have a good time with it for sure. Yeah. I'll never forget, man. I, and I'm not going to bring her name up cause I don't want to, uh, um, <laughs> you know, put her out there, but that guardian con, you would have been there shadow price. We, there was a girl who came up to us and she had broken her back and was, you know, in a hospital bed for however long it was. And she came up to me and said, are you Mark? And I said, yeah. And she just started crying. And I'm like, well, you know, she gave me a hug and she had like, while in her bed, you know, bedridden, discovered Guardian Radio. And we were like that beacon for her. And like, that was the first time that I ever really realized like, just how impactful the show could be and what it meant to so many people. Like, it just... You never think of that. You know, I never thought of that. You know, I'm just like, you said, guy. And I mean, we had an office in our house and like, I would play like literally when I, when I bought the domain for, you know, I think the guardians of destiny is what we always ran it on. Cause we originally were going to do a website with the podcast. And of course in the podcast is just what took off. I mean, it was like, you know, in my underwear and a t-shirt, you know, at five in the morning, like how does something like that, like this little thing that I spent 10 bucks on GoDaddy on or whatever, and then talking to a microphone suddenly blow up to where I impacted somebody's life on this level. You just don't think of that, but you do, you know, there are people who latch onto that. And, you know, the other thing to think about too, is how many podcasts are out there, right? You can't expect to be on the level of Joe Rogan. So any, anybody that is going to listen to your show, just embrace that. And, you know, if growth comes, growth comes. And, and, and it's never bad to, of course, to want to grow your show, right? And want to get better. Like you always want to do that. You always want to be progressing, but embrace what you have. And, and as long to me, podcasting has always been, if I'm having fun doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. But if I'm not, I'm done. And that's kind of what happened with guardian radio. Not that I wasn't having fun. I just lost the passion. And it was like, you know what? I'm not going to keep doing it anymore. Cause I, I feel that would bleed into the show from my, from, from me. So it was like, I'm not going to keep doing it and try to be fake because I've always podcasted the truth. You know, I am who I am. Like, I'm just, I'm enthusiastic about things and I don't like to dwell on the negative. And so that's all I do. And if there's something I'm feeling a little bit negative about, I just don't talk about it. 
And so that's kind of where it came with Guardian Radio. And so, you know, to know that there were people who were enthusiastic like me about this show um, and were just loving what we were doing was just, it blew my mind. And like you said, like when you get that one tweet of somebody on Twitter, that's just like, Hey, I love the show today. You guys are doing great. Keep it up. It keeps you going. It's, it's awesome. Knowing that you impacted that person, you know, and yeah. that they, they, they felt that way when they met you, they, yeah. they just all their emotion overcome them because they were just, they were so happy to be there to like, you know, yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling. Wild, you know, it, it gives you, it's an, a reward, it's a rewarding feeling too. Like that yeah. you're out there and you're, you're doing something for somebody out there who, you know, maybe like is feeling down or something that day and you could just brighten their day and like make them feel that much better, you know? And it's just like, I'll tell you, man, one of my favorite things of like just guardian kind of that was my wife. She's, (laughs) she doesn't play video games. You know, she's always, which bless her heart. Like she's, you know, come along with me for this ride with, you know, ups and downs with me, even going to E3 years ago and all that and leaving her home with the kids and all that stuff, you know, but thank that she loves, thank God, you know, for her, like, you know, for sticking with me through all that. Um, but I would tell her like, you know, oh, there's, you know, these people or, you know, she would see us going to Guardian Con. I would tell her about these people who love the show. And she's just, she always thought it was weird and never like, she just never understood it right. until she went to mm-hmm. us with at Guardian Con. And I guess that would have been what, 2018, I guess would have been that summer. And she was blown away. Like, cause I would tell her these things and not to say that she didn't believe me, but she just didn't understand it. But then when she would see all the people coming up saying like, oh man, I love your show. Thank you so much for doing your show. I appreciate it. Blew her mind. Like she had no clue, you know, and then she got it Mm -hmm. after that. I'm like, I've been telling you all along. Like that's what this show is. Like, it's just, it's not really the show. It was a community um, that was there. And it's, it's something special, man. It was centered around this game, but it just became so much more, you know, it's like, it just, and like you said, like, you know, podcasting, you know, like artists in the community, you know, people who are, you know, good at like music, you know, be, musicians, music like, yeah, music and everything like that. You know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, cosplaying and everything too. Yep. all the cosplaying that came out of it, mm-hmm. you know, just so much social aspect, you know, that came from this game. And then yep. you guys were the originators, you know, <laughs> well, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it, and it really is true. Like, because of you and what you created, this entire community is what it is, right? Because I think that you have all of the YouTubers after the fact, but you and your podcast really started something very special in this community. And there are so many podcasts that have developed over the years because of that. Like you planted yeah. that seed to give other content creators a place to have a platform Mm -hmm. and to have a voice. And that's something very profound and very special. And I think it's one of those things that we don't quite appreciate enough until like many, many years down the road when you really see that impact. But I think that you really have left a pretty remarkable impact on this community. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think like, I'm not going to say we, we were part of that beginning. I think of, of playing those seeds. Cause still like, you know, more console was out. I mean, he's still doing his YouTube channel. Um, yeah. He was one of the original guests we had on the show. You know, he had his uh, YouTube channel going. Hell, even Bife. You know, Bife used yeah. to write into the show. And I think I, I had found recently like a voicemail. That he sent when we were doing voicemails for like episode eight 
or something, you know, young Bife, 17 year old Bife calling the show, you know, his YouTube channel had like, you know, maybe 1200 followers or whatever at the time. Um, so, you know, there were people that were there, you know, it wasn't just us. Um, but I think what we helped do along with them was, was to kind of, we all kind of had come together because we had a lot of them as guests and kind of reached out to them and they reached out to people like those original people that were the content creators in the community. Um, really wanted to set the tone of we are an all-inclusive, we are um, a very charitable and helpful community. Because we ran, actually, before the game was out, there was a Destiny community um, uh, uh, extra life. We did it two years in a row. And one of the years, we were like the number four highest, you know, raising uh, extra life campaign. Bungie gave us a bunch of things to give away. We only raised like, I say only, but it was like, $8,700 or whatever, you know, nothing, but you know, nowadays you see live streams, like one guy streams for two hours and he's raising like 30,000 or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But back then this little destiny community for a game that wasn't even out yet. And you had all these content creators that were still small at the time. You know, I think probably even data, I think was a part of it, you know, back then, cause data was kind of getting started. Um, We, we set that tone. So when the game came out and then suddenly you had your Gathalian and your bro man when Twitch, cause even then like Twitch was a thing but it hadn't exploded as much as it, you know, did really around the time when destiny started coming out. And then those guys became the big faces and voices of the community, you know, but by the time they were out, we had set the tone that the destiny community was going to be this tight knit, you know, kind of close community. And I think that's where that just carried on. And then God, man, I mean, those guys doing what they did with guardian con is just incredible. Right. I mean, it's just, you look at that and it's amazing what those guys have done, you know, kudos to them for doing something that is just, Awesome. You know, I think that's something that like in our minds when we were doing those little extra live streams, it was like, you know, oh, it'd be cool for the community to raise a ton of money. And those guys just took that seed and just ran with it and and just completely blew it up, man. And it is an amazing thing to see what they've done. I mean, that's something that I don't think anybody could have imagined they ever would have done. You know, I mean, they, they literally created like not only, you know, an incredible um, charity stream every year, you know, raising tons of money, but also like a full on gaming convention, right? I mean, that's, they created their own packs basically. It's, it's nuts. It's awesome. Um, I'm just blown away by that. Like that, that to me is one of the most amazing things that's, that's come out of this community. It's crazy to see that. And it started out as a bar gathering, a bar gathering, right? Wild, wild. That is pretty incredible. And yeah, I'm really excited to attend GCX next year. Hopefully, after everything dies down with COVID, they will have that yep. as a physical event. So that would be really cool to attend and meet all of the cool people that we had a chance to meet on the podcast and just yeah, in man. the community overall. You got to, you know, your Discord, get get the meetup somewhere, pick a place there. And, t- and I, can, I assume it'd be in Tampa again. Or actually, they had it in Orlando last time, right? I guess it would be in Orlando. <clears throat> but pick a place and just do your, your community. Like, make sure you do that. And just have your community come together, you know, have some drinks, get some food. It's awesome, man. It's so much fun to meet all those, all those, you know, guardians that you meet online or you, you know, you talk to in Discord and Twitter to meet them in person. There's nothing like that. So much fun. Yeah, I remember having a really in-depth conversation with Fran uh, when I Fran Mirabella <laughs> yeah. when I was there, and just like, yeah, it was just really cool. Just you know, meeting awesome, man. You know, the people in the community, and you know, so yeah, it was re- it was a lot of fun. So, Mark, what's next for you and your new podcast, The Enthusiast Life? 
Well, I mean, honestly, I think I'm just kind of, like I said, I'm kind of content right now podcasting with, with the enthusiast life. Um, cause I can pretty much, you know, I, I have my listeners that have, you know, stuck with me a lot, came over from guardian radio, those who wanted to hear me talk about other things in destiny. And, um, you know, I have my, I have a Patreon going, so I have some Patreon supporters. That's great. And we chat every day in our discord. It gives, you know, they get access to the discord. Like I said, we have our, our gaming group we do on Thursday nights. And, uh, you know, this past year for me with COVID has been pretty wild uh, as a pharmacist. Um, you know, I, I was doing, uh, parking lot testing for the, the pharmacy I work through. So, you know, I did that last summer, a bunch, you know, helping do that. I've done offsite clinics. We do COVID shots every day. Um, I've worked more hours than I ever did probably ever before. It was the hardest year as a pharmacist. So right now I'm just kind of content just doing what I've been doing, <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, my buddy, Chris, who we did the enthusiast life with a uh, little plug for him. If, if you guys are hockey fans, he um, is actually the co-host, and and this is kind of interesting too. Like he's the co-host of a a team specific podcast. He hosts a, a show for the Colorado Avalanche on the Locked On Network, and Locked On Network is your team every day. So they have a podcast for every team and pretty much every sport, and that's kind of where the idea for the Enthusiast Life every day came from. And um, so I don't know, you know, I've been kind of in talks with him about maybe finding a way to become a part of that network, maybe somehow through through some way. So I don't know if that'll happen. Um, another thing that hopefully soon, and I'm, I'm this was kind of spurred on by that um, Destiny uh, historian role at Bungie coming up, is I need to get the old episodes of Guardian Radio up online. Uh, the whole idea for keeping them online kind of fell through when the feed kind of became broken. So if you search out now, I think it's Guardian Radio Legacy is the feed. The last episode is there, but nothing else. You can see those podcasts. But if you play them, there's no actual audio feed, you know, file for them. Um, so I plan to probably soon re-release all those episodes. And I thought about maybe doing them, you know, every couple of days, like every two, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, put out the episodes until they're all back up. Um, and then this way, people kind of like what I talked about earlier, how Guardian Radio is the anthology of the, you know, rise of destiny, basically. We started year and a half before the game came out and you can listen to every episode and hear what the community drama was. You know, what was the new reveal that week? What was, what were you getting excited about? All those different things are there for people to listen to. So I probably will be doing that. And if people follow uh, guardian radio on Twitter or even me, um, you'll see that when that, that comes out. So I'm hoping to do that because unfortunately I don't have all the episodes. I have a handful. Some of those older ones are gone, but I know somebody that does. We've been in contact and I should hopefully be getting them hopefully soon. And then it's going to be just a matter of putting them up and letting people kind of go back and listen to that. And one of the things actually Bungie uh, had told me that I think I mentioned Deej when he said that to me before about how guardian radio is the anthology for destiny. Like he, if you go back to, I talk about year one of destiny and at E3, when people were waiting in line for the taking King, they were showing a video and then they Bungie released it online. And it was the destiny year one video. If you ever want nostalgia for Destiny, go back and watch that video. It's on the I Bungie website. Video. I think, and which one you're talking did, about. Did they do that on Bungie Day last year? They did. I think. Yep. Well, they or, released I mean, it. In 2014 and 2014. Right. They, they released it on Bungie Day, but it was the video people watched at E3 while waiting in line. And it's oh, like a 25, wow. 30 minute video. When you I go through it, that. it basically shows like YouTube clips and Twitch clips and yeah, you know, some of the reveals that. and all that. Deech told me when they went back and said, all right, we want to put piece together this video about year one of destiny. What do we, how are we going to do this? Somebody said, 
go listen to guardian radio because we can hear and see everything that was happening. And we, there's, there's the timeline. So they took my voice and my voice, not that I narrate it per se, but my voice is the connection between each of everything because they took clips from guardian radio and put it in there. So like you hear, like when, you know, um, uh, house of wolves was getting announced to or the house of wolves, I guess it would have been like, you know, the dark below you hear, like, you hear me say like, all right, guys, you know, we finally got the release date for, you know, um, dark below is coming December 23rd or whatever it is. And then boom, then the video kicks over and it's showing all dark below stuff. Then it might kick back to the podcast for a little bit. And then, you know, keeps going. And then when, you know, the next expansion comes out, you hear my voice saying it again. And so it was like, I never thought of that, but I'm like, that is true. And so that's why I want to get those episodes back up for anybody who's maybe new to destiny and missed those early days. You can go back and listen. You can hear wife on the podcast before he was the voice of lore for the community. You could hear Datto on the podcast, you know, before Datto was Datto, you know, when he was Datto does destiny and, you know, was that young kid who I met at E3 that year that we worked, who was just a, a fledgling YouTuber who wasn't anybody, you know, and then suddenly the game comes out and Datto just exploded, you know, and it was so awesome to see him become that. Um, you can hear all that in guardian radio, man. Like it's all there. Um, and it's just, it's cool as hell. So I need to get those out and I, I really want to do that. And I, I hope people in the community would take the time to go back and listen to it. I mean, some of those episodes are long, man. That's the one thing that's like some of those early episodes when there was no game out, we were still pushing two hour long episodes, <laughs> go figure, but um, we did it. And you know, it, you can just listen to the hype. You can listen to all that. Um, and it'll, I think it'll just be cool for people to go back or you can go back and, you know, listen to when house of wolves came out. What were we thinking that week after? What were we thinking when, you know, uh, Oryx dropped for the first time, you know, that raid, like, what were we talking about? What were the strategies? All that is all there. It's always going to be a, a time capsule essentially for destiny. So um, I'm sure that destiny historian at Bungie will do a great job, but I think they're looking more for people to talk about the lore. Guardian radio is going to be more the history of the community essentially up until we, um, till we wrapped it up. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And, and that's, right. that would be really awesome for you all to bring back because I was actually looking to listen to some of the older episodes of Guardian Radio, and I noticed that I wasn't able to play the feed. So nope, now I know why. There, um, yep, it broke. But it would be really cool to have that uh, again, and uh, I'm excited to see that effort come to fruition. And if you need any support or help in that manner, please reach out, and I will be happy to help in any ways that I can. Sure. But that's really awesome. And my goodness, thank you so much for sharing so many amazing insights into your journey in the world of destiny and guardian radio and how that all came about. I do also want to talk about another part of the community. Of course, the game that we play called destiny and the game has had a pretty rich journey over the years. It's kind of hard to believe that we've been playing it for seven plus years now. Crazy. Um, but we did talk about this briefly in terms of favorite expansions in destiny and mark you mentioned yours was warmind correct um for destiny 2 yes okay um, what about overall in the in the entire destiny franchise what would you say would be your favorite overall expansion i mean i guess i would almost have to say like taken king just because we got the dreadnought you know and, and the oryx raid was just i love that raid that raid is so much fun um, what was, um, uh, 
This, what was the Siva expansion? What was that called? Skipping my mind now. Wrath of the Machine. Uh, that was the Iron Rise of Iron. Rise, Rise of, of Iron. Iron. I enjoyed Rise of Iron because I do love the the Wrath of the Machine raid. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, love that whole the space with Siva and all that was was cool too. Um, but for Destiny Two, it's that I would say Warmind definitely. Um, but um, overall, I mean, I'm taking King. I mean, just kind of took everything to the next level, man. So, I mean, if we consider that, an ex- is that an expansion? I guess it is, right? I mean, we can, we can say I that. Say it, it, it was say so. Yeah. So yeah. probably taking King. I mean, because we got the new subclasses there and it just, um, it was just awesome, man. Because there were so many more people playing, man. And, and I, again, I love that Oryx raid. That was the time when we would do an episode of Guardian Radio and we would end the show, but keep the Twitch stream going and invite like two or three people on, depending on how many people we had to run to run the raid for the first time. And we would do it. We did it like, four months, five months straight, you know? So it was always, we do the podcast and then like, all right, let's run orcs for the first time. And we would make sure those people finished it that night. I mean, there were nights I was signing off at like three or three 30 in the morning to get up at six to get my kids ready for school to then go work in the pharmacy. It was just like, what am I yeah. doing? Like, this is crazy, but it was so much fun, man. So I think that for me is why that um, probably is my favorite expansion. Cause it was just so much fun, you know, just to do that. Yeah, I think for me, my I would I would probably have to say my two favorite expansions would have to be Rise of Iron and Forsaken. Forsaken because yeah, Forsaken. Forsaken I think had probably the most the most in depth story and the most emotional story I think because they killed off a character that everybody really really cared about yeah right like they killed somebody off during this season but it wasn't that same feeling right and they built it up really well and also it really felt like a real campaign for the first time in a long time Yes. And I know they were using the lost sectors and some of the additional content that they built out with the adventures, but it worked. It worked really well. And it was the first time in Destiny since Destiny 1 that I felt like, wow, we're we're getting it back. We're going back to that special feeling that you had when you booted up the game on day one. Yeah. Which, I mean, uh, yeah, which queen? Yeah, taking King for me too, actually, because it just, it refined the game, like, in, in so many mm-hmm. ways. You know, it, it, it took an already really fun game and just, like, brought a lot of new elements to it. And really, really cool story, too, you know, with Oryx. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun to play. Like, that was my favorite expansion. Besides, like, you know, my favorite time, Destiny being Vanilla. Like Vanilla Destiny. Yeah, man. Yeah, Vanilla. So, D1 yeah. was just, just D1 in general. was I don't know what it was, man. It, there was just something about it. And yeah. I've, I've tried to, like, put my finger on, like, what it is about D2. Because, I mean, Destiny 2 still is, it's great, man. It still plays great. It looks great. Like, I just, I don't know what it is about Destiny 1 that was so, that I enjoyed it so much more in Destiny 2. I don't know. I don't know if it's more just the time and place. You know, is it that, that grit? The nostalgia, the grit, I think, just yeah. at the time, you know, it's like we didn't know what we were, you know, like doing, getting into like in the <laughs> yeah. beginning, you know, and it's just everything was so new. The mystique, you know, like yeah. it was just but, uh, I also think 
Bungie really set the bar very high with Destiny 1 for, for all the complaints that players had with content being broken up. For all the 7.0s that, like, different <laughs> outlets were giving it. Oh, this is the best right. 7.0 game. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. Think about the massive worlds that we got with the Cosmodrome, with Venus, with Mars. You know, these are all destinations yeah. that really were timeless the vault of glass raid yep. right to this day that is the favorite raid for so many people and i mean the vex mythic last and the raid weapons that we got in vanilla destiny one i don't think that bungie has ever been able to really get to that point as of yet and i mean even dude i mean the, the biggest i think you know takeaway from destiny one was look how many other companies now are trying to emulate what they did how many i mean got word just days ago was it yesterday or the day before assassin's creed is going down that route as a live service game like this is not say destiny was the first but it really kind of was the first mainstream console game to do that and now everybody has to do it now every every company has to have their destiny you know ea tried it with anthem it failed you know ubisoft put out the division Sure, it's got a great community. Take it for what it is. You know, they they got their game going, and you know, it's like every company is chasing that. And um, you, you know, could say Warframe came out like first. But, yeah, you know, it's well, like, that's what I'm saying. But but, but even that wasn't like yeah. hugely mainstream, and then especially exactly. on console. Like I mean, eventually yeah. it hit PS4, and now it's on everything. But right. um, it was a very obscure like PC game when it first came out. It was like right. what the guys have made Dark Sector. Like what 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 is this? And then suddenly, you know, it exploded into what it is. And, you know, I mean, those guys are making a ton of money doing that, right? But they're following kind of that same model. And, I, you know, I almost wish, well, it does seem like Destiny is kind of going down the path that, that those guys are doing, you know, with Warframe where, you know, they got much more into the customization of, of armor, not necessarily transmogging, but into tweaking things. You know, like Destiny has gone down that road, road where when you go back to Destiny 1, you didn't have all that, right? You couldn't really boost your stats per se. It was more about what drops were on your weapon. Sure. People liked random rolls and your perks and all that, but you couldn't really change that RNG. It was the RNG. It was RNG. Right. Where (laughs) Warframe was more about tweaking everything. And now destiny is as well. You know, you can do all that, which is, which is cool. I mean, that's a whole hobby in itself that people love about the game. Wait, I got to level 20 and now I have to get like armor with light in it. What, 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does this even mean? What is this? (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's the chase at the time, you know, the chase was just, it was so fun, you know, yeah. like you hadn't experienced anything. I hadn't experienced anything like that. No, I know? never had either, man. You know, so that's why I just sunk so many hours into it. Like, yeah. you know, wait, like you said, wake it up at 5 a.m. When reset used to be at 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, dude, I loved like the night, the old nightfalls. I loved, they were so yeah. stressful. It was like, and you, you could run it as many times a week as you wanted, but you'd only get that drop that one time. And it was like, all right, am I going to get an exotic this week? Maybe am I going to get the Gallarhorn? And then if your team wiped, you went right back to orbit. You have to go right back down on it again. And like, those were just some stressful moments getting through those nightfalls. And then, you know, I'd always run that on reset. And then we would go do the raid, you know, every week, Vault of Glass or Crota, whatever it was um, that we were kind of running at the time. It was just, I loved it. Year one of Destiny was, was great. Great time. Yeah, I think that uh, there were some pretty awesome memories in Destiny. And uh, on the topic of Destiny, we do have the old expansion pass model versus the model that we have now with seasons in Destiny. 
And I'm curious, what do you both think worked better and why? I mean, for me, it's the old model. And it's kind of for what you said earlier, like that old model, you felt like you were getting a new story campaign. You know, you got it immediately in short, only took you two, three hours to get through those missions, but you were always like getting strikes and you were getting PVP maps and all that. Now with the seasons, you get kind of the slow trickle. You get maybe one new activity and where's the PVP maps. We haven't even talked about PVP. What's going on? What's going on with PVP guys? Like, Oh my God. What the, and I hate to, what the hell is go, what are they doing? Like, I mean, you, they've made the game free to play and like, you could, you could get a lot of people in with PVP, but now they're all going to go play Halo when that launches. They're not going to go play Destiny PVP. Yeah, we used know. to get a steady stream of maps in D1, you know, with every expansion, with every new expansion. Uh, you know, and when we get, we get a number of new maps, like quite a few. What were the big Twitch streams? They were PVP streams when there were dead times in Destiny. When, you know, that first week or two when a raid drops, sure, you would have... Cathalian and Broman and all that. And then it all became, you know, the weeks after that, it was all the PVPers and then doing, you know, trials and stuff like that. That's what people did. And now, you know, you're not putting out any new content. It's all people are doing is they'll go watch a PVP stream, but it's a PVP player like complaining, you know, about that there's, you know, the they're not putting out maps or whatever. They're not happy with PVP. Like that's not a way to keep your PVP community healthy. Um, right. Somebody didn't like put on their Twitch stream up in the corner day 600 something without a new pvp map or something and you know i i think bungie realizes this i think that they're recognizing that they need to really double down on pvp because it has been too long of a time you know and i was afraid when one of the developers made the announcement that hey pvp or crucible will be free to play now and I was talking to Shadow Price about this. You voiced that concern. You did. You did. You know, that was my concern. Like, what is going to happen with new content in the PvP now that yep. it's becoming free to play? And this is kind of the consequence. And I think we touched this uh, on this topic just briefly earlier on the subscription-based model. But this could help alleviate that problem and allow for the developers to hire more talent to build out a better and bigger destiny. And, you know, why don't we cover that? Because I think that's a really interesting topic. Um, Should destiny adapt a subscription based model to allow for more content to be produced, for example, charging 10 bucks a month. I mean, delivered this, if it delivers the content. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm all for it. I told you guys, like I, I, since leaving destiny, like I basically, the way my gameplay or my games have gone is like, if I see something either coming on game pass or a game, I know I want to play. That's like a retail game. I'm not subscribed to any of my MMOs and I'll play that. Otherwise I'm like, all right, what do I want to play this month? Am I going to play final fantasy or ESO? And then I just pick which one. And then I sub to it and play through that content. Like that's kind of just where I've been over the last like year and a half. Um, And for a while it was months straight of final fantasies. I was kind of catching up and I had no problem paying for it because the, the content was there um and it just made sense it was supporting the developers and i knew they were continuing to put out free content as long as you're i mean i say free of course you're paying for it through your subscription but like i'm i was just fine with it i kind of went over that hurdle of paying that monthly fee and like i said where we are now with destiny people are paying season pass that essentially you're paying break that ten dollars into your three months that's three dollars and 33 cents a month you're paying to play destiny like that's very negligible 
you're doing it's it nothing. now. Yeah. You just, you don't. And yeah, it's, I mean, if they charge you a little bit more and promise that content, sure. It would take them proving themselves. And I think that would be the problem is people be like, I'm not paying that because all the content they put out sucks. And I don't believe they're going to put out good content. They need to put the content out and, and, you know, step up and, and provide it. And then once they do, I think people would settle in. And like I said, give unlimited vault space. Hell, even increase your inventory on your guardian. Don't make it, you know, nine weapons to a slot. Hell, make it 18. It's double. Something, you know, something like that. Do something silly like that that just kind of gets people in. But then you have that steady stream of content. You have your PvP. Now, here's another thing that I think about the PvP is I don't want to say they drop PvP because I don't really think they should do that. But what if they just totally, like, divorce the two? And I've talked about this before on Guardian Radio and many of the podcasts that I'm on. But, like, for me, like, we talked about it earlier. Halo PvP is my favorite. And, like, I don't understand why they have never done a, you go to Shaxx and he's just like, all right, you're here for your PvP today. You take off your armor. You put on the Shaxx Crucible armor. These are the weapons you get to start with, Guardian. Go. And maybe supers, maybe they build up during the match, or maybe it's a drop. Maybe you get a moat, and that's the then the quote-unquote power weapon on the map is the super Halo, immediate. Right? And, and everybody's fighting over the power, the, uh, you know, super drop. Like to me, that just makes sense. Like why? And it makes sense in the lore. It's Jack saying like guardian, put your stuff in your lot in your vaults. Like you're going to go face other guardians. You shouldn't be bringing in your thorn. You shouldn't be bringing in your, you know, whatever the, you know, meta weapon is right now, because the other problem is they've made the PVP free to play. But like someone like me, who's tried every once in a while and say, oh, let me jump back in the PVP because I haven't been playing every day. I'm, I don't have the meta guns. And because I'm not grinding, I still don't even have, just even the random drop legendary guns. I'm still running around, you know, with some of these like low level legendaries or hell, even blues, you know, that dropped in the beginning of beyond light. So it's like, I don't even stand a chance. So you're never going to be able to bring in new players. It's always going to be the older players. And then those older players who've been playing don't aren't getting new maps. So they're not happy. Like maybe just setting the stage as an equal footing might do something to change it up or make that a playlist. You know, if people want to bring their weapons, make that its own thing but also bring in this new thing where it's setting the field yeah. statically like that, like Halo did and see, just see how that does. Personally, I think you would find more people getting into PVP and playing it more. And I don't know. I think that might work because then the other, the flip side of that then is then you don't need to balance your weapons, both on PVP and PVE. Then if you want to focus on PVE, which clearly is what they want to do right now, then you can shoot for the moon on some of those weapons and not have to worry about how it interacts in PVP. Right now, you come up with an idea for a great weapon. You got to make sure it works in both and it doesn't break the other. Like that right now, it has to be a development nightmare to do that. You know, then you could start going on borderland level where it's a shotgun shooting shotguns out of it. You know, you can just get crazy like that, which maybe that doesn't fit with Destiny and people don't want that. But you could at least explore some more unique weapons rather than a new shotgun that has a... 0.05% 0.05% increase in shot rate. You know what I mean? You don't have to do that. And, and then that becomes a meta shotgun because everybody needs that because that's the faster shotgun for your hunters who are sliding all around the map. Like that's just not, I don't know. To me, that's, that's the direction I think they should go with PVP and I'm done with my PVP rant. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a great point. And I, I do think that we need to have a newfound focus on PVP. And I think the way to accomplish it could be to separate the two. Yeah. I mean, and I haven't considered that before. 
It just makes sense, man. And what's the new game they have? Matter? Isn't that their new IP? Yep, that's the one they're building with uh, NetEase. Isn't that supposed to be like PvP based? So you almost wonder like if that's going to be like, are they going to take pieces of the Crucible and put it in that? Maybe not put it in the Destiny universe, or maybe they will. And then divorce PvP from Destiny. I don't, honestly, I don't think they would do it. I think they would be, they did that. Yeah. It'd be crazy. But I think in the long run, it would be the smart thing for them to do is either, either ditch it or you need to commit people to it, man. And, you know, if you don't have the funds or it's not justifying it, I don't know, the season pass maybe, or the, the subscription maybe is the way to go. Maybe that's the way they do it. I don't know. Yeah, because that is the area of the game that has suffered the most, like yeah. for for a couple of years now, basically. Ever since they decided to go free to play, like you know, and you know, make the Crucible free to play, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah, we haven't gotten new maps, no new game modes uh, except the ones that they had in Crucible Labs that they pretty much ditched. They pretty much ditched Crucible Labs. Like, <laughs> remember, you remember that? Yeah, the testing. Yeah, it was like the yeah the beta servers, basically. Yeah. So that got, you know, it's like, you know, they definitely need, I think, some fresh ideas in there because and, and making it more Halo-esque is I'm all for that. Trust me. I, I would love to have a mode where it's like, okay, weapons are procure on the map and you start with like, you all start with almost the same weapons and then you have yeah. to grip the, the shotgun or you have to get like you know the rocket launcher right or, or a sword gun. or a super yeah. like i said that loads the super you know like yeah i yeah. think that would just be and and you could have it where maybe there is a loadout maybe like you come in and it's like there's you know you get like a stock you know pistol or you know hand cannon shot uh um uh you know a scout rifle and you know or an assault rifle what do you want you pick it and then that's what you got and then you get in and then the weapons are on the, on the field. And I think it would make sense. Like iron banner should almost be that. Like if anything, like that's, it would be Saladin coming in and saying like, I'm here for the best of the best guardians. I don't care what loot you've, you've gotten out in the field. I'm looking for you to be, you know, strong to your core or whatever it is. And so like prove to me that you're the best and you're pro- going to prove to me that you're the best. Cause I'm going to give you the same tools the guy across from you has. And I want to see that you're better than him. Not that you've been able to run, you know, master vault of glass enough times that you got the best Vex Smith of class or whatever it is, and you can go melt them in the crucible much quicker. Yeah. And then, what does that prove? Well, that proves you played more than me. That's it. Like that doesn't that uh, to me that's not fun. And exactly. that's where to, to, for me, Destiny PvP is in that state right now where it's just not. As somebody who hasn't played in a while, I just can't I can't play it because I don't have the meta weapons you know to compete. It sucks. Yeah, I, I've I've kind of lost my you know it like love of it too and i used to love pvp but just like them not updating it like we nice to get like a capture the flag type mode like yeah. two or something like that just you know Dude. i just i don't understand why they're so afraid to like infuse those elements combat arms yeah. in d1 with freaking vehicles man i yes. loved it i loved yes. it and Me people too. always thought i was crazy for that and every time i say to bring it back and they would laugh i'm like halo like come on man this i loved getting in the warhog getting in the scorpion like that's and again i'm a halo guy so if people aren't halo people you might not get that but like i just i love that stuff i that's even why like the battlefield series i love because it's like there's just crazy moments you know you're you're in a plane you fly into a building and you know you jump out and you're shooting a rocket and landing on a helicopter like all that stuff is just wild and it's fun um but then of course you know, I know that is a little chaotic and some people don't like that chaos in their, in their PVP. They like the more strict, um, 
play and, and that's fine. But I think it's but, okay to have for a mode, you know, I think, right. I think, I think it can deserve like at least a mode, you know, yep. like I, I like to combine arms too. Like in, you know, having the vehicles, it creates like a, a different dynamic, you mm-hmm. know, out there, you know, it's just, it's just variety, you know, just, it needs, it needs some more variety. I feel like, you know, now, it's like the argument everybody brings up was when destiny two lost or launched that it had static rolls on the guns. That's every, anytime I bring it up, that's what people say. They're like, Oh, they tried that with when destiny two launched, but it was static rolls. And it was like, well, yeah, it was static the whole rolls. game. That's the, that was across the whole game. Yeah. Right? But it was like, no, like, you know, I'm looking more at like, just level the playing field, like completely exactly. when you go For into PVP. PVP. Exactly. Right. And that's the way it should be. You know, it's like, I know it's power fantasy and, you know, it's, it's everything. And, you know, that's what people are used to because that's what we had since the beginning of Destiny. But sometimes, you know, if you give people too much, like, I, you know, it just becomes stale after a while. Yep. You know, and it's like they need it needs to be reined in, but a good way, you know, reined in in a good way to the fact that, like, like I'm totally in agreement with you, like having, like, set loadouts and then having like weapons that you can procure out there. So it comes down to hardcore gun skill at that point, you know, and yeah. it just, it's yep. more rewarding. I feel like too. Uh, so no, I think you're right. Um, and I do think that, you know, it, it's not a perfect game, but I also think it's very difficult to create a perfect game, especially right. yep. when it's as complex as destiny is. I mean, just from a networking standpoint it's such a challenge to bring so many people together and i think they are building a stronger foundation and i'm curious if a destiny 3 is really what they need to get a real reset that will allow for them to build it on an engine that can really allow for them to do things they really want because i know that the bungie devs have mentioned on numerous occasions that they have a tough time updating the game because it takes a long time for them to make simple updates. Yeah. I mean, especially early on, that was the case. I mean, right now I think they're supposed, that's kind of why you're getting kind of the content vaulted. I mean, part of that was because the game was getting so big. Um, And again, because of the engine, right. (laughs) that it was running on. Um, So I think they've been able to kind of fix some of that, but not, the way that it's going to be enough yeah, for them to totally change it. And I think you're right, man. I think that's why we're going to kind of get the end of the story arc here. What was it? Which queen? And then what's the last one? Is it Lightfall? Oh, Lightfall. Lightfall. And I believe, I believe they did mention they were going to release another expansion in between. Okay. So um, it's going to be interesting to see when they release it and what it's going to be. But I would, I think that would be the time, you know, after Lightfall, that's the time they can, Reset it. And I mean, right now they're doubling down on Destiny as a franchise, right? Aren't they looking at like TV shows and doing all that stuff, which it still boggles my mind why we don't have books. I mean, sure, we have a couple comic books out there, but why have there not been novels from day one for this thing? Yeah. Like, or at least well, I know the story behind the scenes, everything was a mess and all that. And they didn't know where the story was going and all that. But a year or two in, they started kind of getting things together. Why, why is there not novels and stuff for that? I mean, you go look at Halo, there's like 30 novels out there or something telling the story. Um, they should have been doing that this all along. And I hope they do that. You know, I hope we get that because it'll be great. And they're starting to do that with the grimoire anthologies that they released. I think they're about True. to release yeah, they are. the fourth yep. or the fifth one. 
And those are really well-written books that really go deeper into the lore. Very, very recommended reads if you're into the lore of Destiny. Is um, that is that like actual stories or is that just the Grimoire cards? Um, they're stories. Okay, okay. See, for some reason in my head, I thought it was just the, the Grimoire and like the bits of, you know, story stuff you get in game. But it's also like you can actually read it as like little stories. Yes. Oh, see, I didn't give you little stories as well about the grimoire. So I think that's a really good way to tell the story in the game as well. Um, I think that for anybody who enjoys reading, I think that gives them an additional means to do that. I think Bungie has been honestly going through a lot of challenges as a company, a lot of different things happening. For example, First, they were trying to figure out what the game is, the identity and the format for the game. And, you know, in Destiny 2, they thought they got it right. And I think that it seems to me on the outside looking in that Activision maybe had a role in some of the decisions that were made with that game. So that created some tension there. Um, But that also gave the game an opportunity to kind of reboot and to become what it is today with, you know, the expansions we had with shadow keep and beyond light. And I, I think that going into the future, it's going to be really interesting how the game evolves even further with the expansions that Bungie is going into with their uh, building, their expanding um, their campus quite a bit. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yep. So that's going to be really interesting. Now, I'm curious. You know, we got a new teaser for The Witch Queen, and we will be getting a new video reveal on August 24th. What do you think we're going to see on August 24th with the reveal for The Witch Queen? Um, I'll say you're probably asking the wrong guy right now, but I will say two things. One... The Dreadnought has been rumored for a long time, right? I have a feeling we're going to be going back to the Dreadnought with this one. You guys may know more than I do in terms of kind of where the story's going, but I just seems like that seems to be a lot of signs kind of pointing that way kind of early on or things that I've heard, you know, seeing people kind of tease on Twitter and all that. But number two, I know whatever it is, it'll get me hyped and I'm sure it'll get everybody hyped that watches it as well. Cause if Bungie can do one thing, whatever video they put out for that upcoming fall expansion every single year, no matter how down on the game everybody is, <laughs> immediately everybody yep, is insanely yep. hyped. So whatever we see, even myself included, will be all in on whatever it is they show. So they're so good at doing that. <laughs> they're so good at building. The That's hype. all that matters. Yeah, it'll be ten yeah. or twelve minutes of you know new game footage, and then you know them talking in the studio about how they've been working on it, and oh, they're so excited, and then you know showing maybe a new, maybe a new subclass. Right? Isn't that kind of right now kind of rumored like a poison class? Yeah, that's that's what's yeah. rumored. A poison or uh, a soul fire class or something that oh, some people man, can that's say. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I'm curious if they would do something like this, but instead of giving us a new raid to reinvent the prison of elders and to bring I would, that back, I would love, yeah, bring back I love the prison of elders from hmm. D. And then D1. maybe at some point they'll say, hey, we're also going to bring bring back Crotus and at some point, which would kind of tie into oh, yeah. that as well. Do they have to? They have to. I think that would be a really good idea for them and, and a good way to sustain the game over the coming year as they move to the final chapter in this Destiny experience 
that will be Destiny 2 because, I mean, the game's been out since 2017 mm-hmm. and it's been four years now. In three years, it will be seven years of just Destiny 2. That's a long time and I'm sure the technology will have advanced way beyond what they're able to accomplish with the tools that they have currently. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about... I mean, I don't know if the Dreadnought will come back yet, exactly. Because didn't they say that with every new expansion was going to be a new... You're going to a new destination. There'll be a new place that you're going to. Like yeah. with Beyond Light, Beyond Light, we went to Europa. You know, with Witch Queen, who knows? Sav- somewhere, Savathun, you know, Savathun's world or... who? Kn- I, I mean, don't know where we would be going it would be cool if they did kind of like what they did with forsaken right you get a new area but then you also had like the the city right the yeah don't get me wrong i would love to have the dreadnought if they did that where you get the dreadnought and that's kind of like the end game you know that's kind of the end game because what was the public event that was there too there was that thing where you go up to the the Uh, monuments and you put down those little things and it unlocked the boss that would come out yeah, I know what you're talking about. And why I forget what it was called. People in the chat, if you guys know. but like, Court of Oryx. You know, Court of Oryx. Court of Oryx. There you go. Like, So yep. you would even have your a, a public event, which maybe that comes in a season, right? Maybe maybe the Dreadnought comes in a season down the line or something. I don't know. Because oh, yeah. that's the thing. The space is already built. They could do, I mean, didn't we get with Beyond Light? You got the Cosmodrome came back, right? Yeah, So they kind of do the same thing. They give you an area, and then they also bring back the Dreadnought. So then you have that as a space. Um, maybe yeah. that's how they do it. I think that would also allow for them to build out on the seasonal content based on the destinations that they build out that will serve as that yearly destination that we will exist on and do all the activities. Mm -hmm. So I think that would make a lot of sense for them to adapt that type of system. It would make the game more sustainable, but also encourage people to actually buy the new content because you get access to all of these cool new things right off the gate. Well, here, I mean, here's a question. Do you think it's going to be free with Game Pass? Which queen again? Ooh. We talked about this, too. Oh, I bet it man. is. I bet it is. think yeah. so. Yep. That's why I bought the season pass this year. I didn't buy Beyond Light. I had a I had Game Pass. So I was like, all right, well, I'll do that now. Why not? I'll buy the season pass because then uh-huh. I feel, you know, I'm still throwing money to Bungie. Like, ah, here you go. I'll buy the season pass. But I got Beyond Light with Game Pass. So, you know, that... Uh, I had always X? played PlayStation, man. I, I, I was always an Xbox gamer until the reveal of, of the Sony PlayStation 4. And on stage, those four Bungie guys walked out and it was like, hey, we're doing exclusive content. And at that point, we were doing the podcast. And it was like, all right, well, I guess we're all going to be playing on PlayStation because we got to be playing all the, you know, the content we can because we're doing a podcast. Switched over to PlayStation, played on PlayStation and, you know, played all the years until Cross Save became a thing. Um, for Forsaken, I made the move to PC because I could play on PC and you know, could carry your progress over there. Um, and then this year I got, um, I actually didn't have a Series X at that point. I just had my Xbox One X. And then, I mean, I have a Series X now, but yeah, now I'm mainly playing on my Xbox, like pretty much everything on the Series X. So, but when are we getting, when are we getting crossplay? Is that with? I think that's, uh, yeah. I, I, well, no, I think that's the next season. Next se- the beginning of the next season, I think is, uh, so. Oh, cool. Right. Right after this reveal, I think, because awesome. the, the season ends August 24th, which is the same day as this reveal. So there is this going to tie tie in to the season ending? Like, I feel like I they're going to so. do I think they're going to do something like that. Like, I really do. And honestly, I think that 
next month we might get a lot more than what we think it might be a lot more significant and here's why i think it's going to be a lot bigger because i think that the model that bungie adapts and that kind of ties into our next conversation on the subscription model i think they're going to have to go subscription model why because in the process of allowing for people to play on any platform they want i'm sure they are going to lose out on some sales for players who play on playstation and on xbox because currently you either have to have game pass on xbox or you have to have the content purchased but then Mm -hmm. if i want to go and play on pc i need to buy that content on pc how is it going to be impacted now for me to be able to essentially do crossplay? financially i think that there's that in between time, right? Because what 15 is that season extended? Because we know that the Witch Queen was delayed. So, how will all this be impacted? And how is that pricing model going to change mm. with all of these things that are taking place? You know, uh, well, one thing I'll tell you is, and to bring it to Final Fantasy 14, you it's a subscription game. I mean, you, there's a free trial now that gets you all the way through Heaven's Ward. Um, you do have to own the current expansions on the platform you want to play on. So there is cross-play in Final Fantasy XIV in between PC and PS4 now slash PS5. If you have the PS4 version of the game, you just get it on PS5. But I own all the way up through Shadowbringers on my PC because I just played it on PC. I wanted to play it on my PS5 just to kind of transition over because... My, I have an old, my video card is a 1070, so it's an old, you know, I'm getting there now where games are starting to feel a little bit dated and it would definitely run better on my PlayStation 5. So they put out, when they put out like the PS5 version, um, I was able to download it because there's technically the free trial that gave me the base game in Heaven's Ward. When I logged in on my PlayStation 5, I could access the Heaven's Ward dungeons, Devin, Heaven's Ward zones, but I couldn't access any Shadowbringers stuff. So mm. they could do that, I guess, where it's like, you know, you own this content on one platform, but on the other you don't, which is kind of how it is right now. Like right now, um, I'm trying to think like how it works. Like I, the story content, you can't run on another platform, right? So if I log into my PC, I don't own Beyond Light. Well, I guess they still didn't put it on Game Pass on PC yet, right? I haven't, I haven't downloaded Destiny on my PC in a while, but like, because I don't own beyond light content on my PC, even though my season pass carries over and I can make progress, I can't do the story missions on PC in destiny two right now. And so I think it'll just be that same way where it's like, if you don't own it on one platform, you can't do the story chapter on there. So there will be cross play, but you have to at least own it. So it's like, I'm, I'm buying my content on Xbox or I own game pass and you were buying yours on PlayStation, we can play together. But if you go over a friend's house and you want to play on your Xbox account and, you know, he's not logged in, so you don't have access to his Game Pass stuff, you won't be able, you can log into Destiny, but you can't run your chapter stuff in Destiny. I think that's how it works. That's how Final Fantasy works. And I think that's how it works. So you still have access, because right now, like, you don't even have to have bought Beyond Light. You still get access to Europa. You can go there, but there's no story. You can't do any story stuff. You can just do patrols. Even if you don't own the game, you can do that. And I, cause I think that's what you're really paying for every year is you're paying for the story side of it. Like the vendors basically to be able to go to those vendors and, and get their story stuff. And 
you know, maybe that's how they'll, they'll gate it, I guess, and just continue doing it that way. But, you know, like you said, the, the, you know, the subscription model, if you subscribe, you, you, us as players, we want to be able to log in on whatever platform we want. That was what was cool about the season pass. They did that. The season pass carries over to any platform you play on. But I think it's the content that, that the platform holders like Microsoft and PlayStation are still blocking that they're not allowing you to do. So, and that's, like I said, that's happening with Final Fantasy right now. You can't do that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how they are able to work around those licensing challenges. And then when it comes to the Switch, right? Because we've confirmed here on the podcast, it's coming to the Switch. We want to be able to play the Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Please. Please. It's funny. The epilogue um, is supposed to be like two weeks, like at the end of the season. Like they say, August 10th, the epilogue starts. Like, so after Solstice? Yeah. Like a week after Solstice, it's the epilogue, like two weeks of, so there's got to be some things like that are like story, like wise that are going to lead into the next season, which I think is going to lead into that reveal for the witch queen too. Dude, like, what if, what if they just drop the witch queen the next day? No, <laughs> Why not dude? Like right now, if you're, you're a free to play game, essentially, I mean, sure you have these expansions. They're no different than like, I don't want to say they're no different, but like, like how Fortnite, Fortnite will put out a, the new trailer for their new season, either the morning of the new season, even though everybody knows it's coming and sure a lot of it leaks because people data mine stuff. What if that was it? What if they were just like, Hey, this is the day before the new season. The new season is the start of the witch queen. It's 40 bucks. Next time you log in, it's like, Hey, you want to play the witch queen? 40 bucks. Go. And you're the just only doing problem it. with that is they said it got pushed to 2022. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only uh, problem done. I see with your, with your, uh, <laughs> which are very <laughs> I, I dude that's see that's how i loop i am i didn't even know that so this isn't even coming out this year no which queen ain't coming out till 2022 which is you why know what? now i do are, remember that they, they announced that a couple months ago right yeah 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 oh man um well, but, but i feel like there's gonna be something oh, well. like i i think it's gonna be really cool though like the way they're gonna tie it together like, so we don't know what the heck next season's going to be. That's true. This season we could be the no big tie clue. to it, though. That's true. Yeah. Wow. So we this next no season, clue. when will that end? That'll end in December? The season after this one? Yeah. December or January. They might try to stretch it to, like, January or yeah, something. Yeah, and then maybe launch Witch Queen then. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that's one less thing I got to play this fall, I guess. Well, and, and I think that also gives them the opportunity to really build out the Witch Queen to a sizable expansion that right, we yeah. all want, right? Maybe exactly. then they can bring back a new destination and bring back the Dreadnought simultaneously, which will really feel a lot more like an expansion. Yep. You know, and I think we're yeah. kind of missing that. Oh, I totally and pushing the, and just pushing the story forward too. Like we've already got hints of the darkness. Like if you look at yeah. that image, I think you know. something big is something big is coming based on everything that's happening in the story this season. Everything that is being talked about in the community, I think something big is about to happen. And it makes a lot of sense because we have either two or three more major expansions where they can really tell that story. I think the in-between content will consist of them bringing stuff back from DCV from the past, which will be great. You know, I'd love to go back and play wrath of the machine on my pc 
or on my next gen console, that would be really great to get that in the high frames and high res. But I still want that PoE, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, I think we're gonna get that Prison of Elders probably. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Probably with the Witch Queen or or sometime in that year, I think we're gonna get Prison of Elders. I think it's bound to happen. Um, I think Morla will be more involved with the game because she has been interacting more with Bungie and you know just talking about the game, right? Like, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. You don't hear Peter Dinklage talking about Destiny <laughs> at all, right? You know that he's done with it. Yeah. But Morla is consistently engaging with the community and she's involved. So to me, that means that she's working on something that will be coming out in the future. Right, because the way yeah. that video games work, it's not like she's working on something and the content is out next month. It's going to take at least a year, maybe two years for that to really come to fruition. Uh, maybe six months, I don't know. But um, I think it's really interesting to see that level of engagement from some of these actors and actresses. And uh, it it kind of tells us maybe, you know, we'll be getting more of that character in the near future. Are we going to get a date? Oh, like, are we, when at this reveal, are we going to get a date? I think so. I think so. I think we're going to get a date. I think we're going to get like an official trailer for that expansion. And I think pre-orders will start as well. Yep. Oh my God. So I think I think part of the Vidoc too will be because you know it'll be, there'll be a Vidoc. It'll be about just this past year, which I'm. That's what I'm really interested in. I'd love to see like oh, we're definitely how, gonna get a Vidoc. Like COVID, like how did COVID really affect it? You know, why yeah. why was the decision delayed? I th- I think you're gonna get some of that. I think they're gonna you know kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about that the development of it too, um, which Bungie's always great with. So I hope we get some of that. We get a Vidoc every year with every big. Like it seems like the perfect time. It really does seem like the perfect time for them to do that because they didn't want to do it during E3 when everyone else is getting a piece of the spotlight. They wanted to wait until the end of the summer. Elden Ring was trying to steal everybody's spotlight. (laughs) But that gives Bungie three months, September, October, well, four months, September, October, November, December to really promote that content and to really get it right. And I, I think they're going to show quite a bit of what we're going to be getting in the future. I think they're going to have to talk about the Crucible and say something at the very least, say, hey, <laughs> at the very least, we're thinking about the Crucible and here's what we're working on. It's in our and thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're, they're yeah. going to have to do that because now they're going to have competition with Halo Infinite. Halo, coming Halo Infinite. We didn't even yep. talk about Halo Infinite. And then next year... They're going to have Starfield as a potential competitor. I'm not sure how that will tie into PvP or if that will be Starfield. We didn't even talk about Starfield. But these are all games that will serve as competition for Bungie with what they're building. So they're really going to have to double down going into the future. They're going to have to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the goods. And the wild too. And Breath oh, of the Wild too. My God, <laughs> Gamer I'm paradise. locking myself in for like six months, and I'm going to play Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Podcast is going on hiatus. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting a Nintendo podcast. <clears throat> so Bungie Day also happened this year, and we got some interesting things this year. Uh, we learned that 
We have a new campaign from the Bungie Foundation. If you make a donation between July 7th and July 20th, you get access to some cool stuff if you donate, uh, ranging from $10 to $75 plus. If you donate $10, you get the Bungie Foundation emblem. If you donate $25, you get the Sir Caden Guard emblem. I hope I pronounced that right. For $50 or more, you also get the exotic buoyant shell ghost shell and i hope i pronounced that right <laughs> and if you donate 75 dollars or more you get the tiny tank exotic emote so a little little extra to support a really great cause and this money will be going to support the kids with the ipads for kids program which is a really great cause and mm-hmm. it's going to help communities that have been impacted by natural disasters. And uh, it's a really great initiative. So if you do get a chance to support that, highly recommend it. And also, we got a bungee day day there. We got a bungee day sale from the bungee store. Uh, 50% off select merchandise. So if you are interested in picking up some cool swag some shirts or some other things. I thought I saw some really interesting posters there, but they sold out, so didn't get a chance to pick those up. Uh, But you also get an exclusive Bungie Day 2021 emblem for that. And uh, there's a few other things. The Destiny Grimoire Anthology Volume 4 is now available for pre-order, and that will be the anthology covering Marasov, the Queen of the Awoken, Oryx, and the Taken King. So definitely check that out. And with Solstice of Heroes, we have a new shirt that's available from the Bungie store. And um, that is the Solstice of Heroes, uh, or rather the Moments of Triumph shirt that you can uh, purchase this year. And there is a really cool expunge hoodie. Did you guys see that hoodie? That looked really yeah, really it does cool. look pretty neat, man. I want that hoodie. And uh, and that's everything from the Bungie store. And then we also have the Bungie Day art show. Um, they are featuring artists from the community, which is a really cool thing that they're doing because there are so many talented artists in the Destiny community. So it's really cool that Bungie is going to celebrate and showcase some of these artists. Uh, so if you do have any art that you'd like to share, use hashtag Bungie Day Art, and Bungie will be picking their favorite. And then lastly, one more thing. There is a really cool spicy ramen emblem that you can pick up uh, by entering the code Y for yellow, R for Roger, C for Charlie, C for Charlie, number three, D for Delta, Y for Yankee, and for Nancy, C for Charlie. And that will give you a really cool spicy ramen emblem, and you can enter that in at bungie.net slash redeem. And uh, lastly, Bungie wanted to celebrate 30 years of Bungie being as a company. It's kind of crazy to hear that but uh bungie has been a company for 30 years now creating video games Mm -hmm. and they uh celebrated by asking the community 
to uh, share their favorite Bungie game, their favorite Bungie-related event that they attended, and a positive interaction that they had with an employee from Bungie. So I guess I will share my favorite Bungie game because I think Destiny is it. Because for (laughs) me, uh, I know, surprise, surprise, (laughs) shocker. But if it wasn't for Destiny, I don't think I would have met so many amazing people. And that's the game that I always gravitate to and always call home. And I might take a break from it. I might be mad at the game or unhappy with a specific decision that was made. Some decisions I might be really upset about, but at the end of the day, I always come back to Destiny because it is my favorite game. It allowed me to start a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And be inspired by people like Mark and get a chance to like hang out with Mark on a podcast. Who knew, right? Like these are all amazing moments that happened because of a video game. And you never think that a video game can impact you in such a way. So um, that's why Destiny is my favorite game. Uh, do you both have any experiences that you want to share in terms of an event that you attended or maybe an interaction with a Bungie employee? I'm not cool like that. I don't get to <laughs> Mark has a like lot. <laughs> well, no, I mean, dude, for, I mean, for me, at Guardian Con, I mean, that was, yeah. and I'm going to call that a Bungie related event was great. That's it for me too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just you know meeting so many people man it was just it's the best yeah, so many like-minded Cos- people yeah. yeah my cosmo there too actually shared a beer with him it was a good time <laughs> yep just awesome mm-hmm. man and then i mean of course i you know went to the summit i mean that was awesome you know being able to to go to bungee actually go to bungee was go to bungee you know, headquarters. Yeah. one thing that was bananas i never that that trip too i went i it was like maybe a week before it was we got the invite and I didn't have time for work. So I was able to switch around a little bit of my schedule, but it was my weekend to work. And it was on a Thursday and a Friday. Um, so I got out of work on a Wednesday night at, I think, six, rushed to the airport, got on a flight at, you know, whatever time it was, like 8.30 or something. Because I remember rushing the airport, flew on the red eye, got to Seattle at about 2.30 in the morning. You know, tried to get to sleep, although I just was so wired from the, the trip. Got up to be at Bungie Studios at eight o'clock, you know, did the whole summit day the first day, hung out, you know, we went to like, you know, a little after thing afterwards, had dinner and everything. And then did the the second day, it ended around three, I think I had to leave a little bit early, I left around three, to get to the airport to catch a red eye to get back to Charlotte, finally, at 6am on Saturday, to drive from the airport to my house, take a shower, and go straight to work. And I wasn't really able to sleep on the plane that Friday to Saturday, dude. It was like this whirlwind, but I was like, for the chance to go to Bungie, yeah, I'm doing that. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, I had to go because, you know, for all the time, I had never been. And that was actually, what, the last year of Guardian Radio um, that I had actually, I actually got the opportunity to go out there. Um, and so I was like, I am not, and not that we knew we were going to wrap the podcast up, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to come around again, and I'm taking it. And uh, whatever it took, you know, and so I went, you know, sleep deprived and, you know, it was, it was great. Um, So if anybody ever gets a chance, man, to head out there, it's, and it's very unassuming. Like when you go there, like you don't, where it is, you just don't picture you. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of people like in front of that wall that just says like bungee on it. You know, have you guys seen that before? And I almost, yep, yep, I've seen it. Like, I mean, it's literally like part of, 
I don't want to say a shopping plaza, but it's just like this little area where there's like a coffee shop and maybe a restaurant downstairs. And then you go up one flight of stairs and you're still outside. And there it is. It just says Bungie and there's a door and that's it. And then the rest of it looks like an office building kind of behind it. That's the studio. And it's just, you don't in your head, what you think it is. It really, maybe it is. You think of it that way, but it's really not like to me, it just kind of blew me away. Like, wow, like this is the studio. Okay. This is it. Um, it's crazy. So yeah. So even if you ever go down there, I'm sure you could probably at least get out in front of it and take pictures on that wall. It's not like that's behind a gate or anything like that. You could definitely go right up to that. Um, so if you release every game that they've released, I think on that, um, thing yeah yep it's on that little wheel yep that goes around Uh you go in there's a little desk guy sitting at the desk little security guard and then like right thereafter is where the little museum is that has all the spartan armor and all that and then the giant fallen statue and everything um amazing it's cool i know exactly where i'm going when i'm in seattle (laughs) go man yeah yep i mean hell you could probably even you know message message uh cosmo or or dylan they probably if you know if they happen to be there and have time they probably come out and meet you or something i message them on twitter that'd be so cool yeah so we have one more thing to talk about tonight and we have a pretty short this week at bungie and uh shadow price do you want to share what we learned this week from the update i call it the bungie weekly update I'm a creature of habit. I've been doing it since we started. Yeah, this week uh Cosmo uh give has given us the Bungie weekly update. And uh he goes on to start that this week at Bungie, we set a date. And no, we aren't getting married, but we did send out a save the a save the date. Mark down August 24th in your novelty paper calendars that you brought bought from that mall kiosk, or maybe save a reminder in your phone if you have abandoned physical calendars altogether. We're looking forward to sharing more with you about the future of Destiny 2. See you then. And it says, Survive the Truth, August 24th, Destiny 2 Showcase. So, obviously, we know what this is. And how excited and how, you know, w- what are we expecting like, so, to see here? Fill me in. What's the truth? What, what is being hidden from us right now? And how do we survive it? <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, what are the guardians? Like, what what do we think we know that we don't really know? And the story is there? Is there a theory for that? Like, who's pulling the screen? The strings, maybe? Like, what is what is the thing yeah. that's being hidden from guardians? It, it's it's so hard because there is so many like threads going on right now, you know. And obviously, we know there are two big threads probably that are going to be coming with the witch queen. We know Savathun's going to be somewhere in the center of it. And we know, we we somewhat know maybe the darkness starts to reveal themselves more here too. So when they say survive the truth, maybe there's just, there's, there's a, I think there's going to be a twist. There's That's what I was going to say. Sort of, is, is it, is it going to somehow going to reveal that we are, we've been the bad guys all along, you know, something, something along those theories lines. that say that look, how, we are mass murderers, man. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Look, look at how many pe- aliens we've slayed like across the uh, solar system. Yeah. You know? So it's like, maybe is the traveler evil? Like what, what, yep. what exactly is going to be revealed? I think there's going to be something though. I, I feel like this season is going to come to a head at the end. Like, cause there are a lot of different like plot lines that are going on. And with the oncoming threat, 
I mean, obviously, we saw what happened last year with the pyramid ships when they wiped out four of our destinations, you know, pretty much. And the traveler had to protect us, mm. you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's crazy because this almost feels like a new era of destiny that we're going into. Like, you know, like this is going to push the story forward, I feel like. Like in a way that we have haven't seen since like the Taken King or something, or yep. e- even even further than that, possibly. That's my that's my theory, my thoughts on it. I don't know. I just I I love the the art style of this, and then it's gonna hopefully get back to that like creepy scariness, you know that that the hive yeah. can bring because that's I love that Destiny is at its best in that like I love when you're just kind of going down that corridor with your ghost light. And, you know, there's thralls coming out of the walls and stuff like that. I love that stuff in Destiny. And hopefully this expansion will be kind of filled with all that. If we can pick anything else out of this image, like this almost seems like a poison or decay something, you know, some, you know, something to that nature. You know, it just has that 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 tinge to it. Like, yeah. so it's going to have, I think, some more horror elements you know, kind of like what we went on the Glycon, you know, um, when we did the presage mission. Yeah, things you know what? Akin Here's a thought, dude. Here's a thought. Like, nowhere does this say the Witch Queen, right? No, it doesn't. So this it, may not even be a reveal for the Witch Queen. This could just literally be just the next season. But, and the next season is going to be... But that symbol, though. Isn't that it's symbol? It's different, like, though, right? I've heard people say, different? why did... I heard people say, why did... I saw a thing of somebody showing that original Witch Queen logo. And saying, why did they change the symbol? Oh, is is it different? Look it up. Look it up right now. I'm telling you, man. Somebody, I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, I wonder why they did that. I mean, somebody put, like, an image behind it, and it looks like the basically that... It looks like uh, a statue, right? It looks it looks like that veil statue that you see on the um, the Ziggurat, you know, the mm-hmm. that, that darkness ship. Yeah, basically. look, just Google right now, Witch Queen logo. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at it right same. now. It's really not the same. It is a little bit. I mean, it's it's similar, but it's kind of like not the same. No, you're right. It's not the same at all. It's like so that doesn't opposite. mean we're getting the witch maybe, queen. Maybe this is the new season. It maybe. almost looks like a tricorn, right. the destiny tricorn, doesn't it? Like oh, it, it does. With lines you're coming right. Down. Oh, you're right. It does. Oh, that's when right. I first looked at it. I was like, that's so. Maybe that it. Maybe the the theory of everything. You're, you're, being, you know. I'm going way out there right now. This is like total tinfoil and speculation right now. Look at this image again. What what does this remind you of? Does this look like somebody who like was like, you know, kind of restrained almost like like spread out their arms are spread out? Right this almost free. looks this almost looks like the the speaker when he was in the um uh, Oh yeah, the, it does. Yeah, in the ship. hanging when he was hanging, when he was hanging yes. from the thing. So yeah. uh I'm, I know I'm going way roof. out there. I know I'm going way out there with the speaker. <laughs> what if he comes back to life? Some people as think an evil man. Some people think the speaker was evil. Some people do. They do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go. Oh my god. Now, now it's, I'm. Wow. I'm spinning my thing, wheels. Dude, everybody's right looking at it and like, oh, we're learning about the witch queen. I completely forgot they delayed it. So why? I mean, why on August 24th would they be showing us? I mean, sure to keep the community content. But they have a whole new season to show that's supposed to start the next day. Why wouldn't they be just be showing that? Why do they need to show the the Witch Queen? They're not showing the Witch Queen, guys, on August 24th, man. They're just showing what's coming next in the season. And that next season is going to be lit. It's going to be probably bigger than what we've seen yet to this point. It's going to be dark. 
and that's oh, it's, yeah that's what's coming so many ideas that could you know just come out of just this one image the, the speaker man that's crazy that really does i, I, I see it, I see in it. The, yeah the picture and what was one of the first things we saw in destiny the speaker right yep. and like look at this image it looks like when he spread out in the on that ship on gold ship yeah like that's you know funny. and who knows if he really died all he did was fall from that thing we don't know if he died right <laughs> i mean like wouldn't that be crazy though wouldn't that be <laughs> insane for Bungie to do something like that? Like a four-year-old like uh, story element, basically coming back around. You know, like wow, yeah, so crazy. that would be really interesting. Yeah, and what if it's not even him at the end, and it's just somebody controlling him who was able to bring people back from the dead? How mm-hmm. cool would like that Sabathun. be? Like Sabathun. Answer. There we go. Sabathun, the darkness. You know, just there's so many angles you can go with this. You know, what what exactly is, uh, you know, um, what's her face from the future war call? Like, is she seeing this? Like, um, I forgot her name for some reason. Lakshmi. Uh, Lakshmi. Yeah. Like, because she can, like, see the future and things like that. Like, Hmm. so, man. Man, lots of really cool predictions and twists and things that they can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Crazy. All right, so uh, back to the present, they say. Um, a new update went live this week, and Sosis of Heroes has kicked off. Guardians are buzzing around the European Aero Zone, chasing after chess and upgrading their armor as we speak. That's not all. Volta Glass Master difficulty also became available to this week for all players, and you can get a rundown of what to expect from last week's TWAB. Has anybody had a chance to do any of the Solstice uh, content yet, or the Master Volta Glass? I have not yet. I've been waiting I've- for you, so... <laughs> I got the helmet. I got the helmet into the European oh, nice. aerial zone. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, we got all chests in the first run, all eleven chests. So how is the master mode? How how do you feel it? Oh no 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 not no. I got it from no 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 I didn't do the master vault. Um I wish I could, but I am not even high enough level for that. But I did the EAZ. It's it's the same from what I remember. When did they was it last year they did that too? The EAZ? Two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it, it. I was, was doing it. The third year. This is the third year in a row. It's just it's the same. Like from what I could yeah. tell, it wasn't. You know, you just kind of keep fighting. Didn't they See? do more with this zone? Like I feel like they yeah. could. You know, yeah. like they need to. Yeah, they need to. I think it's lazy design for them to just copy and bring back what they had. I think they need to figure out a way to spice things up and make them interesting. They have so many destinations they can do that with. You know, like, they can turn the last wish into, like, this raid that's made for the solstice and they have new mechanics and, like, upgrade your power level. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Well, eventually I will get in there. I will try to get in there this week at some point. And, you know, we we got, like, a month, right? (laughs) Basically for it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they go on to uh, discuss Bungie Day again. Uh, they said it's a special day. It was yesterday because seven. <laughs> we kicked off a new charity initiative with some cool incentives, showed off some new merchandise from the Bungie store, and put out a call for you to share your Bungie memories and hashtag Bungie Day art with us on social and gave out a new spicy ramen emblem to everyone. Everything is still available, so you can go check out the full article for the details. 
And they mentioned that they had a new community artist series go live on Bungie Day. This is where they partner with uh, creators to offer merchandise featuring their awesome artwork. And they asked a new round of artists to share a little about their artwork. So yeah, we have this piece from Ian Pesty. The art title is called Enemy of My Enemy. And that looks like Mithrax, I'm guessing, right there, right? Yeah, that's, I think so. Uh, yeah. And that's that's a really cool piece. That looks that looks yeah. amazing. Very 80s inspired. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It has like the neon look and everything to it. Like, and that's kind of like what the aesthetic is, you know, in some of those uh expunge missions and on the override missions too. So it, yeah, it, it looks really cool. Um, and he actually goes on to say that as a kid growing up in the eighties and as a fan of synthwave music, he's really enjoyed the retro wave inspired visuals of season of the splicer. And he was eager to contribute to this wave of art and wanted to reflect those influences in his artwork. Uh, with this piece, he focused on Mythrax, as we said earlier. His complex retro cyber splicer design and palette is an ideal match for the style and level of detail that he likes to work in. The neon cyan blue from the graphics and blades coupled with the hot purple pink of his electronics are a perfect fit for this aesthetic. Wielding a pair of charged shock blades, he echoes his salute from the Enemy of My Enemy mission, whilst the background elements are based upon his message, Eternal graphics, and expunge mission. So... Kudos to that piece of art because that's really cool. Um, and we have another piece here from uh, Katriana. Um, I'm going to butcher this name, Dabek Jamel. Um, and the art title is called E. Um, and again, another neon looking uh, inspired piece where it looks like we got a hunter. I can see the vault of glass cloak, the shattered cloak, the shattered uh, vault cloak. Looks like a Titan on there and the Warlock. All three of them are sitting in the um, Override or Expunge mission. Um, and uh, Katriana goes on to say, hello there. You may know me online as Kati Langi or Kisilvia. As I say sometimes, I am a graphic designer by day and a poor gamer by evening and a digital painter by night. While I have used all the possible arts media from oil paintings to de detailed pencil drawings and collages going digital allows me to include whole artistic variety and gives freedom of experimenting. I fell for destiny even before I could play it as I love this special mix that reaches far beyond a simple space opera. I fell for the artistic quality of the game itself for his vision, which is very, very inspiring. And I think that's well said and definitely does a good job to show that piece off as well. So definitely um, check. Uh, everybody should check that out if they get a chance. And it does say expunge on the actual piece so that's what it's uh referencing and then we have a looks like a shirt um here with the uh baby fallen on it and this is from jen whaley and the art title is called children of the tower um and jen goes on to say my name is jen whaley known online as jen whale while i typically focus on a darker more re realistic style for my art as reflected in my last cas feature I also love creating cutesy koali artwork as well. When Bungie reached out with an opportunity Sorry. and allowed me to choose the subject matter, the fallen babies were perfect to fit <laughs> the showcase my kawaii side. I never would have managed imagined Bungie would find my art and enjoy it enough to invite me to participate twice. I'm so very appreciative of the love this passionate community has. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty adorable. Actually, with the fallen babies on it with the ghost. And yeah, really cool. Uh, 
So big thanks to the community artists, and you can pre-order their merch here. And then speaking of art, they have a couple of little bungee day gifts for us. A day late, but who says we can only give you things on bungee day? We know you like decorating your phones and desktops, so we made a couple of wallpapers for you to enjoy. And there are some really cool ones here. I really like that bungee one with the lightning around it. That that looks pretty awesome. And then you yeah, got that. yeah, that's that's my new wallpaper, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Already, huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. And it did long. save image as and save. Boom. Yep. And definitely with this one too. So you can grab these bad boys right from the Bungie Weekly Update to uh, have as your own wallpaper. Um, so they go on to give some more updates. Um, there's some Triumph Redeems. With the launch of 3.2.1, players found that all previously redeemed Triumphs from Season 13 and Season 14 needed to be re-redeemed. And this was a result of a fix for an issue that caused Season 14 Triumphs to incorrectly share triumph scores with season 13 triumphs as a result of the fix, players may notice a slight decrease in their season 13 triumph score due to their scores being recalculated correctly. And additionally, we are currently investigating players being unable to redeem the catalyst competitor and one fell strike triumphs. To- oh, here's another PSA token turn with the launch of season 15 on August 24th, Vanguard reputation ranks will be updated and no longer require the use of Vanguard tokens. Due to this Vanguard tokens will be deprecated at the launch of the season. Players should turn in their Vanguard tokens to Zavala to receive rewards this season before August 24th when their tokens expire. So make sure you guys turn all your tokens in if you don't want to miss out on your potential rewards from those. Um, And then there's some known issues. Uh, There's a whole list of issues here. I'm not going to go through every one of them, um, but you guys can see for them on your, uh, for yourself. And uh, one of the main ones here that players are receiving the plug one, fusion rifle instead of the Zume RR4 sniper rifle as a nightfall completion reward. And I think uh, uh, Dylan made a post about that, that he said that when the update went through, it kind of messed some things up. So this week is the fusion and next week will be the scout. And then the week after will be the sniper again. So make sure you guys plan accordingly when you do your grind and you got a nice movie of the week. We got a nice spicy ramen, uh, chilled spicy ramen tribute here yeah it's nice okay it would be very proud uh, <laughs> it actually looks pretty amazing like I love a nice spicy ramen so um and then we have another uh submission for don't interrupt art um so congratulations to both those uh submissions and we had more art here looks like we have uh sloan on the tower or not sloan i'm sorry we have Wow, why can't I? Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Hawthorne yeah. With, is that Devrin? Is she sitting next to Looks Devrin? Looks like Devrin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're what's, eating, what's her bird's name? Up. Where's the bird? Are they eating the bird? Oh, the bird. Uh, <laughs> oh, why can't I think of the bird's name right now? <laughs> it's, it's some. I don't fa- know what his name is. Yeah. It's a falcon or something, right? Lewis. Isn't it Lewis? It's Lewis, I think. I'm pretty sure it's Lewis. I think that's the name of the All bird. Right. Oh, and then we have a, yeah, and then we have a really cool another piece here. Uh, number four, golden amputation. Uh, I yeah, only Oryx knows this power, the power to take. So that looks like a picture of Oryx, right? I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Pretty cool. 
So congratulations to those submissions as well. And that is, we've come to the end of this uh, Bungie Weekly update. Yeah. Nice. Now, we, we do have a tradition on the show. Before we wrap things up for the evening, we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. Now... <laughs> Or how about spicy ramen in you know? Spicy ramen. Yeah, spicy ramen, man. Spicy ramen. ramen I like that. Yeah. Just so let's let's rate this week's Bungie Weekly update in the form of spicy ramen. One being you probably want to find the new ramen shop, and five being that's the place you you want to keep around. How would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly update? And do you want to kick things off as our guest, Mark? Sure. I would think if you're if you're also just looking for spicy ramen, this is a five because you're just straight up getting spicy, spicy ramen in it. Um, <laughs> but you know what I like about this this weekly update is they're really focusing on the art, you know, because they're they're doubling down on the the bungee day. So you're not just getting the usual movies of the week. You're also getting like some community art. I'm going to give it like a four and a half spicy ramens because of that, because it's real also focusing on a lot of the community here. Um, I like it. I like it. That's yeah, really cool. Cause I, I think I'm going to go the same here um, because no, you know what? I'm going five. I, th- I, I think this weekly updates a five. I'm hyped from this first image, man. Like, cause my, <laughs> my wheels are spinning. Like what this could be like going down the rabbit hole right now, basically mm-hmm. like seeing the tricorn, seeing yeah. an image of the speaker, seeing like I can't <laughs> unsee the speaker now. It's like right. did you ever see exactly. did you ever see that arrow? It's like the arrow in the FedEx logo. Have you ever seen yeah. the arrow in the FedEx logo? If you haven't, when you look at FedEx now, you'll see the arrow in between the letters and you'll never unsee it. I'm always gonna see the speaker when I look at this now. Because you said it. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the you know, you just you just see it. You see it in the in there. And it's like, yeah, the art submissions are great. We even got like some cool wallpaper. Like, I know there. This isn't like tons of sandbox updates. So you're not getting like new weapons in the game, right? But you know what? This is a banger based on what they showed in here. Yep. What is the potential of what this? What this could be? This reveal. Like, I'm so hyped about that. Like, and I don't know. Bungie just knows how to do that. They they know how to really bring the hype so yeah i think this is a five because they also put a spicy ramen and movie of the week in there and i love spicy ramen so. <laughs> there go. yeah i think for me i'm gonna probably share shadow price's sentiment and give it a five out of five spicy ramen because i think they're doing a lot of really cool things with this update in terms of sharing information about the future survive the truth i mean that's a really powerful statement and that's how they begin and it's 30 years of bungee it's not every day you get to celebrate 30 years of a company being around and bringing us amazing games like halo and destiny so i think that's really cool and they really put in the effort to celebrate the content creators right like we got to check out some really cool art from different artists in the community and actually get a chance to pick it up on the Bungie store, which is really awesome. They're supporting fellow creators and uh, that shirt looks really cool. And we got the wallpapers. Got some updates here and got 
spicy ramen. So, I mean, you know, five out of five for Cornholio. I can't, I can't argue with this. This is a good update. And uh, I really appreciate Bungie for what they do. And on that note, I do appreciate also our guest for tonight, Mark. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. It is such an honor to have you on and to learn about so many things from your journey and destiny, from your experience with building Guardian Radio and everything. Uh, So thank you very much for your time and for joining us tonight. It is a true honor to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, man. I I really enjoyed it. You know, it's always fun uh, reminiscing about those old days. And, you know, congrats to you guys. 75 episodes, man. I know that's a big accomplishment as well. You You know, I mean, a lot of people... start a podcast and they just get discouraged by not getting listeners or anything like that. But I mean, you guys stuck with it. And like I said, look what you've built. I mean, you have a, you know, great discord, a great community that you've built. You have, you know, solid listeners every week. It's great. So uh, congrats to you guys too, man. And, and uh, I'm glad I'm honored to be here um, to Thank talk you. to you guys and, and, you know, share, share the stories of uh, destiny's past in the old days. And uh, of course now get excited and look to the future of what's, what's next for the game. Absolutely. And for the Guardians who are listening, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Turk. That's M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And um, I do The Enthusiast Life. It's a uh, podcast, daily podcast, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, you can find it in any of the podcast feeds, you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that. And uh, I do it Monday through Friday. And it's always talking video game stuff, movies, comics. And uh, pretty much the Marvel and Star Wars shows that are on Disney Plus or any of the films that come out, I'm doing spoiler casts like that day. So like the new Loki episodes come out on Wednesday. I'm getting up bright and early to watch that episode and have that spoiler cast out by like 630 or 7 a.m. So <laughs> so make sure those episodes you watch the episodes first before you listen to the podcast. But um, yeah, I just have a lot of fun just, you know, talking about all the stuff I'm interested in and and all the fun things in life. I mean, it's right in the title, The Enthusiast Life. Everything is just all um, fun stuff. You know, it's never really dwelling in the negative. It's all, all just fun. So if you're sitting at any of that, check it out and come along on the show with me. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have to check that out and shadow price. Where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at shadow price 79. Um, it's been a great episode. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. Like, like I yeah, said, man. you were a true pioneer, like the, the OG, you know, you guys started that podcast back in 2013. You know, it's just, it's awesome to have you on here and, you know, to just like, just talk, you know, not just destiny, but just everything that, you know, you were able to, you know, accomplish and everything that, you know, it was that you've, uh, you've been able to do and just what was birthed out of what that podcast, what guardian radio was. So thank Mm. you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Yeah, absolutely. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and every major platform. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us on Instagram at Destiny Show Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at OMG Cornholio. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight, whether you're joining us live or listening, wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, Guardians. Bye-bye.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.